Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. You're supposed to sleep with the wife, Rodell. Great day in the morning. You got to know that much. Supposed to share her bed. That way, if some other man do that, you podcast him. Sure. Kill? Shoot. Shoot. Hi, everybody. I'm sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I don't know. I got a little chest thing. You won't stop fucking bragging about how well you're doing. I'm doing okay. No, you're fucking killing it. On this podcast, if you're a level, you're ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'm level. You're level. I don't know. My, there's something up with my. Oh, get thumbs. out! It don't. Okay, stop it. Uh huh. Stop. Stop feeble signaling. Yeah. Is that the term? Feeble signaling. Feeble signaling. Yeah. You're signaling how feeble you are. Yeah, that's the term. Well done. I'm Griffin now, man. David Sims. It's a blank check with Griffin and David. It's mm-hmm. a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career. Give a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes the checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby. You, you are sick. Yeah, I am. Jesus. That's why I said it right up top. This is good that this is the week we're doing four episodes then. This is the week you decided hey, to be hey, sick. Hey, hey. Not my choice. All the lights just went on. <laughs> <laughs> why do they keep doing that, All the ben? lights just went on. Yeah. Weird. I don't know. We try to mood light our studio. And now we got all the lights. Um, There's yeah. a series on the films of Ang Lee. It's called Broke Pod Mountcast. Yes, it is. And today we're talking Every about... Every time it gets the guests, because they don't know. They don't know. It's good. And this time, you hear that in the distance? You got, it's a real thinker. <laughs> Sorry. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Open your ears, David. Do you hear that? Uh, no. Boing, 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 boing. I don't know what you're doing. This is a bounce. Oh, sure. Yeah, this one bounce. This is a bounce. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I was saying before we recorded by by certain metrics, the most unsuccessful movie we've ever covered on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Not it didn't lose the most money. You were saying, and we've and covered films that have grossed money, less but had less of a release. But still, in terms of utter failure, right? It's this up there. movie just like no one, it, it got no recognition. They're never going to make their money back on this one. Well, 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 but they do have a criterion. They do now. have a sexy criterion, which is you in know, a director's yeah. cut and all that fancy and jazz. True. Yeah. Yeah, dual format, you know? Maybe, it, yeah. How much do you think you make on a Criterion? I think it depends. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, they, what, what's your, what, give me an estimate. I don't know. You know, I did a little work for Masters of Cinema. Okay. And What kind of numbers they pulling down? You know, the thing is, I never saw the numbers. I just did the booklets. I got a flat fee for the yeah. booklets, and that was, that was it. I assume, I knew they were where... They had a five to seven year rights in order to. So when you bought the rights, say if you bought it, say this year, you had seven years to actually produce a disc before you lost the rights. That's the uh. one thing I knew about what How Criterion's model was. Because Criterion very hmm. rarely has rights lapse. I wonder if they're just renewing constantly. Probably. And now with, you know, Filmstruck, that's, and when they were doing the Hulu, I think they just right. started really just, they would put the stuff like, that's why like the Elaine May, Mikey and Nikki ended up yes. there is because they just would, they had the rights to the streaming as well. So they mm. could just put it on that with the unrestored edition that they had with the intention that one day maybe like a placeholder. we'll you know, yeah. do this. Because um, this movie, I would say conservatively lost $50 million. Something around there. So, you know, you're going right. to need to sell a lot of Criterions yeah. to make that back. And I think Criterion said the ones that have sold the best for them are the ones that were produced by mainstream studios where... They had the couple of examples like Royal Tannenbaums, 
Benjamin Button, maybe one other I'm forgetting, where the Criterion was the only mass release version yeah. of mm-hmm. the film sure. sold in Walmart um, back in the early 2000s when, when DVD was still booming. Love a DVD. But this film came out at the cusp of the dawn of the, of the DVD revolution. We were just sort of ascending the DVD tower. 1999. Yeah. The great year for American cinema, right? Right. For all cinema, right? I don't know. Everyone always talks about 1999. Right. And a, and a Taiwanese no? director. Yes. Yes. You're coming you're, you're, you're uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what's going on in the rest of the world cinema. I guess you've got... Well, you got like Rosetta, right? Yeah. You got like some fun... Uh, when Will Carry Us by Abbas Kirostami. Exactly. Uh, is All About My Mother 99? Yes. Yes. It is. Yes. yes. Ratcatcher comes out in 1999. Um... Mononoke well, it comes out in America. That's an old one. Right. And and the single and, finest American film of all time comes out in 1999. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, Toy Story 2. We'll get to that right. later. Uh-huh. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. The Matrix. We had the Clinton pre- presidency. Whatever Clinton, that's worth. Right. That's, yeah. that's Which is the second along. best American film of all time. <laughs> uh, Blair Witch. Right. You know. But, but Magnolia. A Taiwanese filmmaker on the rise. A Fight man Club. who was just yeah. going up. Ben's point of Fight Club. And mm-hmm. up and up. Decides he's going to make his American Civil War epic. Sure. And They've all got to do it. And no one shows up. A tumbleweed <laughs> sure. blows through 60 theaters at its maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty but, much. But our guest today has has gone on the record saying this is his favorite Ang Lee film. Is that correct? Yeah. I think I would hold to that. Yeah. Um, you know, Crouching Tiger's close, but sure. I'd say like those two are clearly the best. Clearly. Wow. This is going to be a good episode. <laughs> this is what I like. Yeah. Guns a-blazing, talking before he's introduced, hey, making big proclamations. Hair swinging in the wind. I, as a Midwestern. Uh, Where are you from? I'm from Minnesota. Okay. Good oh, Minnesota. For the oh, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, great movie. Um, but it would, be, it would be Missouri. I'm sure actually people from there are hearing me say it and saying, well, you're not exactly saying it right. It's like kind of like that whole can-con Sure. Debate sure. sort of thing. But uh, it's it's Missouri. Missouri. Well, let me try to pronounce the title of this film correctly. It's Ride with the Deva. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. Sure. Ride with the Deva. Okay. It's called Ride with the Devil. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's a 1999 Civil War epic. Yeah. Tobey Maguire, Skeet Ulrich joint. Skeet Ulrich first build yeah, in this we movie. Gotta that, talk that, about was a, that. that was a moment in history. That's weird. Because he's not on the poster. He's not first build on the poster. No, he but is on the poster. in the credits, in the credits, he is, he is first pointedly build. first build. And you know, that, he's a U. You know, there's no alphabet no, to hide behind no, with no him. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> he's one of the rare U stars. But this, I guess, this is the the scream bump. I mean, he'd been in Scream. That's three years earlier, right? He w- had I mean, established. He had established that in terms of is he in Chill Factor? In terms of greasy, yes. poor men's Johnny Depp's. Mm. He was as good as it gets. <laughs> sure. I always forget that he's as good as it gets is after Scream. Right. I think of as good as it gets is like, oh, he's very young, you know, because he's mm-hmm. such a small role. Yeah. No, it's after Scream. No, Scream was like his first big movie role. Uh, what about Albino Alligator? It was his second big movie role. <laughs> uh, apparently he was in um, something called Boys. Okay, I'm going to stand by Winona Ryder. I've never heard of that oh, boy, movie. I've heard of that movie. Uh, he's in The Craft. Right. Obviously. He was um, one of those guys where everyone was like, this is a movie star, right? I guess he's pretty. Because he checked all the boxes except being compelling. He was third build in the Newton Boys, though. Hey, yeah, right. 
And then uh, then Chill Factor, which right. uh, in which he was okay. He was second build. I was about yeah. to say if he was build over Cuba, that'd be rude. Is this his only first build movie? So he's in two movies with Cuba Gooding Jr. in two years, practically. Those two must be best pals. They were trying to make fetch happen. Um, and then after this, this is the last movie he was in that uh, anyone has ever heard of. Then he kind of disappears. I mean, he was in Armored. Does that count? No. Our guest today is Peter Labuza. <laughs> he's a, he gets the with billing in Armored. Peter Labuza does? Yes, he does. Yeah, I, right? I, it was one of my favorite uh, films to work with. Nimrod Antal. Great, <laughs> well done. Great to collaborate Good with. Good call. The with director of Predators. And Matt Dillon sign. was the villain on that movie. Yeah, right. Uh, he of the Cinephiliacs podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Peter. I am absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you guys for uh, allowing me to join on the, uh, the devil ride. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course, an out-of-town guest. So we flew you first class. Of course. That's we great explicitly great for the champagne podcast. on there. They actually got the uh, the guys, um, the, the Vinny and Franks. Okay. Uh, Vinny okay. and Franks are actually doing airplane food now. They're they're a popular LA joint. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm speaking LA speak right you now. Know, I, so, uh, I love airplane food. I got to say, sometimes I think that's some of the best food there is. Are you doing a bit? No. Okay. It's very Griffin food, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. My problem actually is, is if bits aside, I think airplane food is putting on airs a little too much these days. Oh, sure. Like you'd rather it was just chicken nuggets. Yeah. Like yeah. not like Coco Van. Right. Like you th- open it right, and it's right. like microwave chicken. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. That's my problem. When it's like squash spaghetti. And We're like, actually doing airplane food talk right now. You know, it's not spaghetti. It's squash cut into spaghetti. Sure. Does anyone know why they have that spot for the razor blade on the... Uh... On the planes, they actually don't have those anymore. They used to, though. Yeah, I don't. The spot for the airplane. Can you imagine trying to shave on a plane? Actually, <sighs> like, buy. think about like you're gonna hit some turbulence. There's gonna be a lot of blood that's, everywhere. That's a good point. I and I'm sure that happened to someone. I'm sorry, I'm drinking. My this coffee. movie's got a lot of blood too, but mm-hmm. this got a lot of blood. This got a lot of blood. Hey, you know what I found out that I I didn't know? Uh, go ahead. You know what I found out that I didn't know? What a fucking repetitive. What'd sentence. you find out? <laughs> Do you know that Angley served in the military? Y- yeah. I think I mentioned that on our first episode. Really? Conscripted, right? Yeah, it's um, yeah. Uh, his national service, essentially, right? For yeah. the Republic of China. Right. A.K.A. Taiwan. Because I, I did a little more uh, research into his... I think his he was in the Navy. Background. Yes. I just knew he did military service. He was in the Navy. Okay. Um, he uh, didn't think about going into the arts because it was not something that anyone around him kind of encouraged. Right. He tested so poorly... That like the local art school was one of those sort of holding schools where you could do a year until you tested again to get into a proper university. Then he falls in love with acting. Right. Realizes he doesn't speak well enough. Too shy. Sure. <laughs> then he falls in love with filmmaking. And his wife, Jane. Yes. Yeah. They met in college. Right. Goes to NYU, graduates, then I think does his service. Uh, let's well, he does the Spike no. Lee movie at one point where he's an he, assistant on it. That's yeah, when they're both assistant on yeah, Joe's so bedside barbershop. Right? No, he did. He did his Navy before he went to America. Okay, so it was in between service. drama school and NYU. I guess so. I yeah. think that's when it is. Yeah. And then he um, lives in an apartment in White Plains uh-huh. with his wife and his children. Right. right. And she's the breadwinner. Right. And he's making. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the kids. Sure. And writing his scripts. And he's pals with Jimmy. Jimmy S. Yeah. Well, well this, is, this is what I found out because we had asked, how did they get hooked up in the first place? Sure, sure. Seamus and Hope had set up Good Machine. 
Right. And they were the New York City, no budget guys. We're going to help you make your movie, support the directors when you got no budget. Ang Lee had entered into this contest, won first and second place for Wedding Banquet and for uh, Pushing Hands. Yeah. And went to them and said, I heard you guys are good at making something for no money. And James Seamus says it was the single most boring meeting he'd ever had in his entire life. <laughs> Great. Angley proceeded to explain shot by shot what the movie was. And he said it was thoroughly boring. Like about like the wedding banquet or pushing hands or something? I think both. Sure. Pushing hands more so was the priority. Okay. And he said it was really boring, but he knew exactly what the movie was, which is more than most people have going for them. Right. And he had the money. Well, he had the money from China. Right. 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 They so, were going to finance most of it. Right. So Seamus turned to Hope and said, like, why not? This is already the biggest budget we've gotten. Why not take a chance on this guy? Right. And then after pushing hands, he got a little more involved with the wedding banquet script. Yeah. And so there's a good crux of a thing here. You should try to push it more into the screwball comedy thing. And that's where their partnership really kind of blooms with this push and pull between the two of them. And now we're in this run of post-Sense and Sensibility, Seamus bringing material to Ang Lee. Hey, I read a book. You should check this out. But he's the one who falls in love with the book. Ang Lee is the one who really wants to do this project, yes. which, which was surprising when I was doing my little bit of research I did for coming on here. I was yeah. like, this seemed, th- I thought this was going like to be a Seamus. This was yeah. going to be a James Seamus. James Seamus loves 50 West, 50 Subversive, 1950s Westerns. Yes. Right? kind of like Westerns. Right in his sort of wheelhouse, right. kind of prestige but not necessarily like, you know, totally Oscar bait. Right. And yet this is like Ang Lee's Ang like Lee. passion hmm. project that he wants to do. Huh. Because Ang Lee's in is, it is a coming of age film with the Civil War as a backdrop. Right. And it's, right. It's about like being an outsider, you know. And it's people who don't have the time to figure out who they are in the world because sure. all this fucking bloody chaos is happening around But them. they're also not in, the, the film that I relate this closest to, I think in terms of like narrative historical trajectories is taking Woodstock in a way. Because they're both about characters who are clearly in the like the midst of giant historical things happening, right. but they're not in the epicenter. They're just off to the side. Right, 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 and that's right. what I think is kind of, I, most interesting as we'll get into this movie is like it's about a bunch of people who clearly realize they're in a huge moment of history and yet their actions and ideas have absolutely no consequence. It's a sidelines epic, yeah. unquestionably. Yeah. Um, and, and then it also does this weird subversive thing with the Jeffrey Wright character. Yeah. Yeah. Who like becomes the lead sort of by yeah, the end. Definitely. But doesn't really have dialogue for the first like hour and 15 minutes. Sure. Is sort hour. of just like a featured extra for the first hour. Um, it, well, he's fa- he's a, he's an object of fascination, though. Like, right. you're like, why is he? Here? Is this like is this like one of his first big roles? I'm trying to remember. Well, you know, he's a Tony winner. Right. Like, he's a stage actor. He'd been in Angels in America in the original cast, right. so he yeah. had like won the Tony. So he's sort of like. And then Basquiat is and his then first big movie. Basquiat in 1996, okay. which I mean, that movie has such a like you know flashy ensemble around him, but yeah. he's he's good in it. I think he's great yeah. in that film. And he won the Spirit Award, I want to say. I believe he won the Spirit Award for that film. And he said uh, this was the first time he had ever been offered a role that he didn't have to audition for. Ride with the Devil is? Yes, because Ang Lee had liked... He was just nominated for Best Debut Performance. Weirdly, Benicio Del Toro won Best Supporting Actor. Which is very bizarre, because that's a very small role. Yeah, well, that's back when the spirits were like, I don't know, let's nominate Cole Hauser for Tigerland. (laughs) They may not have even had an open bar at that time. (gasps) Oh! Jesus Christ. That's like the most important thing about the Spirit Awards now. (laughs) The tent must have been so little. God, the Spirit Awards this year were so 
fucking depressing. I was so mad about the Spirit Awards this year. Even though like Get Out was a fine feature winner. I think like, they need to put a harsher budget cap on the spirits. Yeah. I think they need to really separate church and state by being But then like, they wouldn't get all their money. I know. Right. It's over. You need a new thing. Like the, you know. I think Benicio. The real spirited awards. I don't, I don't know. I think Benicio was the Walter Brennan of the spirit awards where he won supporting actor like three times in the first 12 years. Great, I think he great, won great for reference. usual suspects as well. Thank you. Good reference. Mm-hmm. I'm giving myself good reference points. Um, but but Bescott was the big thing because he'd sort of come out of theater to be like flashy ensemble. Mm-hmm. He's the unknown New York theater guy playing a famous artist. He won two years in a row. Usual Suspects Basquiat is two years in a row. <laughs> then he wins a special distinction award for 21 Grams. That's like for the whole cast. The Basquiat thing's weird because he's like the fourth best supporting performance in that movie. Sure. I don't think it's, that movie's great, but it's got good performances in it. I don't, I remember seeing 21 Grams. I mean, I try and put, he's, I think he's, he's amazing in 21 Grams. I think he's Grams. amazing in 21 Grams. Blows, that movie blows. Yeah. Del Toro's pretty good because he's just sort of like, you know, trying to bring it back to like some sort of like place where is he in the Morris Peros as no, well? No, okay, no. But He's I just in I contended that he would have won the Oscar that year had he not won for Traffic, possibly because that was the Robbins year, which was like oh, it, it's that weird year where it's like right. Tim Robbins won. Yeah, Tim Robbins for D- Mystic River. Del Toro is next level in Twenty One Grams, and Twenty One Grams is a, a cup of diarrhea. It's Awful a movie. steaming cup of diarrhea. It's about how your soul weighs Twenty One Grams. Jesus Christ. Have you seen? You have seen I, it. You I just saw it. Remember I remember it. that, like you know, they basically probably took what it was a finished script and it's like, well, let's just jump, edit jump, it jump, in jump, whatever jump. way we want. <laughs> right now, yep, pretty much. Um, but no, okay, back on track. Daniel Woodrell, who I have read his story, his um, my God, his movie, his book, what Tomato Red. Don't worry, it only took you five. I love times. reading movies. Jesus. Christ. And I read Winner's Bone. Okay. Oh, um, oh same which, writer as Winner's Bone? Yeah. Yes. Which, Interesting. Uh, also, uh, you know, Midwest Southern twang. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, Missouri. He likes you yeah. know, the Ozarks. He likes to write about the Ozarks. So you gotta take a ride before you get boned. Mm, uh, David, the, you must take a ride before well, you get boned. The book is called Woe to Live On, which is uh, you know, a real great, that's a, that's a blockbuster title uh, yeah, if I yeah, ever heard one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I was uh, dating someone who was a real Woodrell fan. So oh, I read a couple of Woodrells back in the day. And then Winter's Bone is a great movie and this is a great movie. So 100% success rate if you I, adapt his movies. I, th- I the think books. They, I think the, it's a short book, is it not? Yeah, they're all short. Right. And this uh, is a long movie. Right. It's a long ass right. movie. I, I think this was sort of one of those starting point adaptations. Where they kind of blossom their own thing out of the book. Am I am I wrong about that? That's the sense I got. I mean, they wed the Lawrence Massacre. You know, like the, the Lawrence Massacre is not as like crucial to the book. The sort of epic right. set pieces of the film yeah. are are sure. Um, but but this is he's kind of on this like nonstop run where, um. What I mean, eat, drink, man, woman is coming out and landing big in the states while he's already on Sense and Sensibility. Sure. When Sense and Sensibility is on its Oscar run, he's already filming the Ice Storm. The Ice Storm doesn't perform no. well commercially, but is well respected. And yeah, but like, he's not really on a run anymore. I'd say this is a little more of a like, okay, and like you know, what do you got? This is a big cash. Yeah, it's a lot of money put into this movie. Yeah. He's putting a lot yeah. of like somewhat unknown actors in the lead roles. You to- know, so Toby's like, Rising, Jewel had not been in a film before. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright was like She'd an actor. She'd been in a car actor. before. <laughs> She'd been in a car. Yeah. She'd been in a van. For napping. She'd lived in a van down yeah, by the exactly. river. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, because Toby had been in Pleasantville in between Ice Storm and this. Can we, can, but that doesn't suggest like, you know, action, put this guy as the yeah. lead. In a, I mean, because all in those this performances movie, are... No, no. In this type right. of movie, no. But he certainly... He seemed to be approved as a leading man underneath a certain budget this level. Put him in an epic is weird. Well, this is yeah. also the same year as Cider House Rules, though, which is all, sort of oh, an epic. Which that movie kind of a quasi-epic. Cider House Rules! That movie blows. Yeah, that movie sucks. Um, I don't know. Do you like Cider House I've Rules? I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah you know. He, he learned the rules of the Cider House abortions. I was in a summer camp production of Cider House Rules once. Really? I was really angry I didn't get the good part. There's the one kid who dies, right? Yeah. That was the part to get. I guess so. There was a, then a you got stage to go back to your production of the Cider House Rules? Yeah, I think it was a play before they adapted it into what? film. It's a book. I think they adapted from the book into a play and then adapted the book into a film. Maybe. And I wanted to play Curly, I think, as the kid who dies. And I got stuck playing the yeah. Rory Culkin role, maybe? No. I mean, it's Kieran Culkin. Oh, maybe I... Buster. Was- I think that was the good role, though. He's the one who dies, I think. I played someone shitty. I don't know. Erica Badu was in that movie. It was her debut. Oh, that's the role I played. Yeah, right. Um, can, can you confirm or deny a rumor I heard about uh, Jewel? You're right. It was adapted as a stage play. I'm Thank so mad you. about that. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. What's hey, the rumor? Uh, Bucks Rock Creative and Performing Arts Camp. Fun fact about Jewel. I don't sure. know if you guys know this. I did a little research. Uh-huh. Um, she lived in a car. Wow. And I don't know if you know this. This yeah. is what, uh, what I heard, at least, is that her hands are small, but they're her own. You I keep thinking else? it's Cheryl Crow. My it's like, not Cheryl Crow. But it's same, same vibe, like, like I was same watching, time. Like, you know, I just keep, when I see her on screen, I'm like, I want to soak up the sun. That's like mostly sure. what I kept thinking. But she that's was, even like know. second wave Cheryl Crow. Yeah, well, because right? Cheryl yeah. Crow was a little rougher around the edges before that. Yeah. Th- that was like, right. I've done a bad, bad thing, right? Wasn't that, did one of her songs start that way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe I was just thinking about her Was it like work. a virgin? Was that her? Was that Jewel? No, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm a millennial. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow later. I'm, wow. I'm coming out here on the, on the show. Mm-hmm. As um, a millennial. Yes. As a jewel-hating millennial. As a jewel-hating millennial. Jewel was like, I mean, she was a big thing. I feel like we were all She's talking about Jewel. She's a big thing jewel. right now. At this moment. At this moment and like not much before and not much after. No. And she and was a bit of a flash in the She band. had two albums that were big and then she sort of fluttered away. There was like a 2003 attempt to be like, now I'm going to be poppier. Do you remember that? She Man. like went on TRL her and first, wore midriffs. Yeah, sure. No, of course. Right. She was trying to play it. But her first album... Pieces of You. Yeah. Sold 7.3 million copies Thank in you. the US. That's a lot. And then Hands is on the second album. Spirit, which was her second album, that has Hands. Hands. That sold 3.7. So, yeah. you know, yeah. And then her next one was called This Way. This is the Poppy album. That sold 1.5. So there's a. That's, all right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah right. That's like a hyperbole. You get like half and half each time. Yeah. But this is really that thing is. of like, oh, you've had like. A big album or two. Now and she you did get a to... dance album called 0304. Oh, that's the one I was she really, really thinking She really fell of. off. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I think she tried to go back to country music. And I think now she's just in like... Now she's hardcore like country. Yeah, she's just in the country zone and she She's in the country zone. She does shows. Hallmark yeah. movies. Uh, she played June Carter Cash. Did she? They, in, walk, in Walk the Line? They did a Lifetime walk the line with with hers june carter cash yes and it's called ring of fire matt ross director of captain fantastic yeah as, he's a great actor matt ross yeah he is yeah yeah he looks more like johnny cash gavin belson 
Yeah. I'll never get over fucking Joaquin Phoenix laughing in Walk uh, Walk the Line. Is that scene where he's got the peanuts? Uh-huh. And he keeps... She's like, give me a peanut. And he's like, okay. And then he puts it in his mouth every time as a bit. And every time she's like, oh, Johnny. And he's like, it's very weird. I think about that all the time. That's why I'm surprised anyone remembers anything. From yeah. Wa- I feel like Walk when the line, Dewey, baby. Well, Dewey Cox came out, I feel like it just erased all those. Yeah. Dewey, Dewey Cox is a brutal slam to Walk the Line. There's no question. Because then yes. you blend a lot of the real scenes <laughs> from Walk the Line into Walk Hard. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, Ang Lee said he cast Jewel because it feels like this is like a studio she's thing. She's good like, in this movie. I think yeah. she's good. Yeah, I think she's, she's terrific. Good. And I think it was weirdly. I think it hurt the film because people were like, "Oh, cashing in on like the flavor of the week." Yeah, and star. also she's billed as Jewel, right? Like you could call her Jewel, Jewel Kilcher or whatever. You right. know, like you know, yeah. it makes it seem a little cheesy. And then I think the fact that the film flopped so hard kind of killed her film career in the bud. He said he cast her solely because of her teeth. Because he thought they looked era appropriate, which <laughs> seems feels rude. Like, that seems like a classic Ang Lee burn. But, but the more like him we've telling been, Emma Thompson she looked too old. That's the thing. The more we've been studying Ang Lee, the more it comes out that he says all these He's things mean. where it's like his best directions are like, "No, you are tired." Yeah, right. And his worst directions are like, "Stop being so fat." Yeah, right. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but he cast her because of her teeth. Great. Cast Toby, who he clearly has taken a liking to. Sure, he's in and, the and is such a weird leading man. He's fascinating. He's, actor. he's such a weird little do puppy dog guy. I mean, it's you. You watch him this film. It, it's weird because he's. I mean, one is he's playing the. He's the dumbest person on screen. Yes. He is a and dumb this motherfucker. Is, this is a film Real dumb. all about dumb people trying to one up each other yeah. in terms of their stupidity levels. Yeah. But yeah, this film does not so, beat around the bush. Re his dumbness. No. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But go so, on. Does that make him appropriate for the film? That like we seriously consider this guy is really, really unintelligent, yeah. and like so he plays it well. It just, it just doesn't make necessarily for your classical leading man right. in any he's way, not. even in like a coming of age sort of it, it, mode. He's, he's not a guy because he is so uh, for for someone who did become a studio leading man, and even before Spider Man, you know, was like. Top line in pictures. He's got such a high pitched voice. Yeah. He's so doughy eyed. He's so doughy vulnerable. Doughy faced, right? Yeah. Like he does feel like this wounded little animal. He's very capable of playing intelligence at times. But this movie, it's like some combination of like the fact that he seems a little out of his depth as an actor works for the character yeah. because the guy wants to be like the hero of the war. And isn't really suited for. I mean, they set him up really well with with his father, where yeah. the dad's just sort of like, "You don't have to do all of this," and he's like, "No, I do. I'm I'm going to prove that I'm bankable in studio pictures." The thing is, these types of performances are kind of like my favorite, though, where it's like an actor who's maybe just out of his league, but the director knows how to use him well. Right. I just just because I saw it's like the Barry Lyndon. I saw no, and I saw yeah. this last week. I saw Sean Penn in Carlito's Way. Sure, and that's like a performance. Oh, interesting! Like every I bad thing movie, about yes. Sean Penn suddenly yeah. becomes great in that movie. I mean, I do love performances like that. Sean Penn's hysterical, and I think you can, you compare him to. He's also doing so much business, but you compare <laughs> Tobey Maguire in this to Skeet Ulrich in this, who's just kind of like going through the motions. Sure, you know, Skeet Ulrich is he's a face in this movie. I would say right, yeah. and, and like Toby's so out of sorts that he is constantly engaging you know like he yeah. he works as a good dummy lead sure 
Um, but but like the real hero of this movie is is Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright, Wright laying sure. and waiting. Yeah, like it's it's what you love about Sicario. It's like he's I, just yeah. sort of like off to the side. I don't know if like, that's what I love about Sicario because I don't think I love anything about Sicario. <laughs> you no, know, the thing no, you love about Sicario no. is that Benicio that's del Toro. My impression of uh, George Clooney sleeps. Sicario, oh, no, Sicario. Sicario. That's Sicario. I literally, well, because Jeffrey writes in Sicario. That's yeah. what I thought you were talking about. No, no, no. Sicario. I mean, he's in Syriana. He's not in Sicario. He's not in yes. Sicario. I'm not doing well, clearly. No, clearly. I keep calling books movies. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're saying you're waiting for him to like wake up for the last third of the movie, essentially. Like, right, like, like Benicio uh, and Jeffrey Sicario. Wright right. is just in the background for right. so much of the film. And obviously we're watching it now with like, and added 20 years of Jeffrey Wright work. So we know he's not going to do nothing in this movie. Sure. But he's above the title. Yeah. They clearly introduce him with some like importance. And then it takes mm-hmm. him so long to actually kind of like uh, bloom. Mm-hmm. But it is. That's the thing. It's like this is a movie about the Civil War from the side of the people who were wrong. Yes. Working with. But like not but soldiers too. They're very particular. Yeah, they're bushwhackers. Not, bushwhackers. Yeah, the bushwhackers. A and bunch of Daniel Stearns. The Missouri regulars. Yeah, but that's like the weird thing. They're like fighting for a cause, but they have no like. I don't mean there's no references to like General Lee or what's no, going no. on in Gettysburg or any of that stuff. That's all just like no, they're guerrilla fighters. Side. They're, yeah, they're right. just guerrilla for for Missouri. It doesn't even right. seem like. I mean, that's the thing. Like. Do we see that many quote unquote slaves besides no. like Jeffrey Wright, who's freed. T- free? Right. Freed slave, so yes. they're just fighting for the sake of fighting. It feels mostly. very territorial and and very much just about sort of the the ego. I mean, there's yes, the, but then there's also there's also the threat of like, well, if I joined the South, yeah, then I get shipped off to the front. You know, I get shipped right. off to the real right. battle, which seems like a death sentence and horrible. So I don't want to do that either. But like, there's also the air of conspiracy around, yes, like yes. that's like you know anyone is kind of fair game to be killed, including like your family members. I right. mean, that's like the whole subplot with Mark Ruffalo that you know gets a hey. few scenes in there, a, a baby face, baby face Mark Ruffalo. Buffalo, yeah. you know, and it's like one of those weird, like, I, we, we'll get into the plot later, but it's like, you get the sense that you have to do this if you're yes. a man from the ages of like 17 to 35. Absolutely. Yes. This There's is the only thing that matters pressure right thing now. going on. Yes. And, yes. and Tom McGuire's character is, is called Dutchy by everyone. Right. Because he's German. And he's got this chip on his shoulder that he feels like he constantly needs to prove that he's well, a right. real American. This is American. back when being German was right. like, mm, I don't know, buddy. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Not a good look. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. But but that's like his sort of defining yes. sort of quality is that the, and his nub. His little nub. His little nub. He's oh. really fucking protective of that nub. <laughs> Got a little nub. Uh, yeah, those he are. He gets his, his nub back by the end of the movie. <laughs> yes, he does. This Toby movie, got his nub back. I, I was going to say how Dutchy got his nub back. Oh, there you boy. go. Yeah. This movie. Uh huh. Oh yeah, I thought, but you were just going to say that weird joke. I was going to say that joke. Great. Um. The Zach Grenier scene is where I think the thing kind of crystallizes. Okay. Where he admits he's like, we're we're going to lose this. Right. We're going to lose this because we're we're not really fighting for anything. Um yeah, no, they they you they never really state the cause exactly. There's there's an early scene at the wedding that the film opens where you've yes. got like three random characters that we never see right. in the rest there's who basically the lay down. Yes. Yeah, they lay down the exposition. They're there to be like, this is what's going on. This is what the movie's about yes. uh, right. in terms of the great causes. But but, but Zach Grenier kind of says like, they know what they're fighting for and we just know what we're fighting against. Right. And that's why they're going to win. Right. They're, and they got the schools. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. And Toby good, doesn't good like Kansas education. Yeah. Like Toby and Skeeter are like, no, you're wrong. We'll win. We'll win. And then once he explains that, they're like, I can't really argue with that. <laughs> and it's clear that they're not that personally invested, you know? Yeah. Again, there's not a lot of ideology it's a, it's a at work war. here. Right. Yeah. And they're an odd group of people. Yes. Um, especially like Toby and Skeet uh, and Simon Baker and Jeffrey Wright. Like right. that's mm-hmm. an odd match. Yes. For a guerrilla clan, like basically an aristocrat <coughs> and his like childhood slave now friend. Yeah. But also let's just point out the fact that over half this movie is not them quote unquote even fighting. No. It's them like waiting around right. during winter. winters yeah. or injuries right. and doing absolutely nothing yeah. because like this is an action. Yeah. yeah. This is an actual Civil War movie. Right? Where it's right. like. It's all the quote unquote. It's kind of you know the film that reminded me was a little bit like Jarhead, the Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. uh, Desert Storm movie, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's all about like what you do when you're actually not fighting. Like the only big battle, of course, is the Lawrence Kansas massacre, which right. is not which is a horrible. Battle. Right? It's just yes, they think it's going to be a battle though. They're pumped up for a battle, right? Yeah. And then they're like, "Are we just shooting men yeah. in this town like who are defenseless?" Can I throw out a hot take? Yeah. Civil War is really fucking dumb. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. It was like the dumbest fucking war. I hate it so much. Uh, sure. Have you heard about states' rights? So, yeah, right. Boy. Wait a second. Um, I just I I, I uh, is well established on this podcast. I don't like war movies. I have a hard time engaging. Whenever I get to Civil War shit, I'm just like, come on, c- fucking cut it out. Hey guys, cut it out, guys. Um, yeah. Well, I was trying to think about like why was this movie made and given like forty million? Like why right. are like James and Ang gonna go to like university? and um, you know mm-hmm. really pitch this and it's like well and we we're talking off mic like you have Gettysburg in 93 and sure. that's a mm-hmm. pretty big hit but you don't really have that many I guess like maybe they would have been in production by the time like Saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line like do World War II sure. and do really well yeah but there's it's kind like, of a what's... war boom that happens right after this yeah but so or like, I guess concurrent yeah so yeah, I'm trying it's to kind of like what's what is like the you know it's kind of you want to be in that pitch room like what's the pitch that's like a prestige maybe Oscar Beatty Civil yeah. War movie that- about Southerners about like people on the other side. But yeah. I also feel like I feel like there are a couple factors at play. One is that David, you and I have talked about this a bunch that with like the sort of canonical directors, there's the notion that you kind of have to check certain things off the list. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, Ang Lee's like developed into someone major. He's got to make a war movie at some point, right? I guess so, yeah. Or at the very least make a historical epic. And this is maybe like crossing both off at one time. And there also is that kind of thing of like, it's it's kind of like a workhorse genre. And it like allows you to get like a bunch of young up and coming actors yeah. and put mm-hmm. them all yeah. in the mud together. Yeah. Yeah. Like this movie is like a breeding ground for like a bunch of guys who they thought maybe would turn into leading men in the 90s. And it's yes. like Caviezel, Simon Baker, sure. Jonathan Reese Myers, oh, yeah. Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. You know, and then it's like Ruffalo like pops. Like it you does. have these little guys at the Baby sidelines who turn into more. But I'm looking at, like, Civil War movies in the 1990s. And there are movies mm-hmm. like Dances with Wolves, but those don't mm-hmm. count. You know, that are, like, set sort of in the vicinity, but they're not but actually about the conflict. Humongous. Great movie, but that's not a Civil War movie, but is really. But Humongous. No, no, but I'm saying there's the two movies. But it is Humongous. The two movies of the 90s, the uh-huh. only two movies of the 90s that are actual Civil War movies. That are, real 90s kids would remember? Exactly. Are Glory and Gettysburg. Okay. And, Glory is uh, huge. Glory was a big hit. Yeah. And, and that's beloved. more of like your, well, yeah, it's more of your classic like gung-ho Civil War movie right. about the good guys fighting the bad guys. Um, Gettysburg is, that's a movie for dads, right? That's like the yeah. history yeah. channel of the movie. I wonder if they pitched this more of as a Western 
than anything Maybe. else. Yes. I like mean, because sort of you've got that Western sense of, type. Yes. yeah, you've got this, you know, closer to Missouri. So you've got this like more like atmospheric look than maybe the South is going to get you. Right. Um, right. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie. I'll like say the, this. Yeah. The yeah the I never, is like, I for a long time didn't know it was a Civil War movie and thought it was a Western. Like when I would go to my local video store that was organized by director, I remember always getting Quick and the Dead and Ride with the Devil confused. Because I was like, this is kind of same time period, movie stars who were just kind of on the rise, directors misfiring with cowboy hats. Um, I'm just looking at this list, though. There's not a lot of Civil War movies in general. Like in the 2000s, there's just Gods and Generals, which mm-hmm. is Gettysburg 2, mm-hmm. and Cold Mountain, which is like kind of a fun Civil War movie. That's about, yeah. that's like a weird. There's like a lot of uh, Quatrain, like Lawrence, Kansas Massacre silent films made oh, in like yeah. the, the hundreds and, te- and that, tens the list and 20s. is long but, in the tens and 20s. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. When basically you could cast the real people more or less. Right, right, right. Yeah, they, everyone was pulling a 15, 17 to Paris. Right? I guess it's also a genre that like Gone with the Wind like looms so large in, but even that doesn't have a lot of battle in it. Like yeah. even yeah. that's more of a home front movie. But I also think that's like every Every 15 years, someone's like, could I, I make a this. new Gone right. with the Wind? Yeah. Well, you know? Lincoln's kind of a Civil it War is. movie. Yeah. I mean, you it's, know? A, you know, set during the Civil War. Yeah. There's a battle in it, like, briefly. and There's a shot, basically. Yeah, right. yeah. There's, like, three There's shots. three shots of people in mud. Yeah. Dane I mean, DeHaan gets his face put on uh, the ground. Right, yeah. exactly. I mean, there's Gettysburg and, like, Cold Mountain are movies that, like, restage Civil War battle and glory. Right. Those are movies right. that actually, and the Lawrence Massacre sort of counts, so I, I guess and this, also, too. Uh, uh, Captain America Civil War. <laughs> That's the problem. You Google Civil War movie. That's what yeah, comes up. That's number one. What a great Civil War it was. Yes. Yeah. They totally fought and uh, were definitely uh, never going to be friends in like the next uh, movie. Uh, that was when uh, I was writing for L.A. So that was my like one full time like critic mm-hmm. gig for a while. That was the first movie I had to review. Civil War? Yeah. And I had not seen a Marvel film in like five years. And oh, wow. And I was just like, What's well, going on here? <laughs> this is this is a lot of things. Uh, I got to turn in copy by uh, tomorrow night. Yep. We'll how figure how it out. funny would it be if there was like a four VHS eight hour version of Captain America Civil War that they played in history classes now? Yeah. And they were like, so uh, Ant-Man is kind of. Um, yeah, he's, he's sort of like the Missouri a, of this yeah. situation. You know, he's sort of divided. Uh, yeah. Hawkeye's Black kind Widow of is underused, a, I would say. <laughs> yeah, right. Considering they have Jeremy Renner, you think could- Hawkeye is just gonna like get a shotgun to the face in the first scene of the new one, <laughs> and that they'll be like, "That's why he's not in it." Like, right? That's, just, that's why I got top billing. Right? Exactly. The, my hope is this is my hope. My hope is that everyone dies in Infinity War, uh-huh. and then Avengers Four is just Hawkeye. <laughs> sure, right? He's like, "All right, gotta do it myself." Yeah. <laughs> got my bow. <laughs> got my rose. <laughs> Is Rose? Does oh. he have Rose? kids oh. too? That was something. Yeah, he's got kids. Yeah. He's got at least for him. It's two. him and Linda Cardellini. Maybe three. Yeah. Yeah. He landed Linda Cardellini. I hope Avengers Four is National Lampoon's Hawkeye, and it's Hawkeye uh-huh. Vacation, right? And it's Hawkeye, Linda Cardellini, and two kids who are recast from sure Age the of Vacation Ultron. movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. You could be in it. You could be one of the kids. I could be one of Hawkeye's you could be kids. Right kids. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah, slap some sort of Vaseline on your cousin face. Cousin that fun. comes from like Russia or something. I could be the scuzzy cousin. Oh, yeah. yeah. The scuzzin? Mm. Uh, there's some cousins in Ride with is, the Devil. Yeah, yeah this there's, is cousins. All, they're all cousins, yeah. right? So, what's the plot of Ride with the Devil? Well, starts out, it's, it's sort of uh, a hootenanny. Yeah, it starts out right? a hootenanny. Begins sure. and ends with a wedding parallelism. Uh, Very mm-hmm. nice. A yeah. box mm-hmm. social. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you said, there's a lot of charge conversation where it's like, well, we support the North and you support the South. And you're over there. You're kind of in the middle. I'm not sure. Like, you know, what do you say? Ruffalo's you know, doing some Missouri. good head tilting and yeah. mumbling. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. little romance. little uh, Toby's going to be married off to the um, not so petite woman. It's yes. Right. Like. yes. And, and that's, Toby that's makes scary. it very clear that getting married is for fucking losers. Yeah. It's for nerds yeah. and losers. What should? What does he want to do? Join the pussy posse. Yes, oh, right. He's, yeah. joined. He's joined. He's joined at this point. He's, he's been pressed into he's service. In too deep. Yeah. The toll has been taken. Yeah, is this movie just a metaphor for that? Yes. Where it's like he's got like a thousand yard stare after years with the pussy posse. It's ostensibly about the Civil War, but it's actually about the New York nightclub scene of the late 90s. Yeah, right. It's a cruising sequel. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. Lucas Haas is sequel. the Skeetle or a character who goes uh-huh. down early. Um, I'm so sick, Dave. You clearly can't wait to watch Ready Player One with you. Yeah, well, uh, okay. So, box social, hoot nanny, wedding, everyone's dancing, having fun. Uh-huh. Toby hates marriage. He and his old buddy. What, what's Skeetle Ork's name in this film? Skeet Ulrich's name, and it's a great name, is Jack Bull Childs. Jesus Christ, Jack Bull Childs. Yep. Childs. There's a Childs. I always like there's a lot of like good, like we're going to refer by someone to their full name in this when, when they're angry. That's Jack always a Bull Childs. Yeah. Um, they are going to become Bushwhackers. His name is made for being referred to angrily. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna become bushwhack. Well, no. Well, well there's the, their. You know, the father gets killed. There's like an inciting. Yes. Oh, incident. right. Yes. Right. Yes. Sort of. It's sort of like moody though and weird. Like it's not like some like easy. It's just we see this aftermath of like a. We see him get shot. We see him get shot. Shot right in the head. Well, yeah, we do. But I just like don't we like open on a burning house? Like yeah, it's, like, there's a lot of fade. burning yeah. houses throughout yeah. this yeah. movie. Just like that's. That's like the repetitive metaphor. It's like, let's burn houses. There's your budget right there. It's just like, well, let's build this mansion and burn <sighs> yeah. it. Right. And it's, yeah, it's a, a lot of like a metaphor of adolescence where, right, at, at, at any time, people could just storm through and set everything on For fire. For now, and ask shoot questions you. later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. You know, so uh, Jack Bull's dad is murdered mm-hmm. by Jayhawkers, yeah. who are the Kansans. How dare they? Who support the union. Yeah. And so they they join the Bushwhackers, right? Well, really, we just we fade out, and then we go to the scene where is that? Then we meet Jim Caviezel's character, right? right. Yes, and he's just at this regular. Um, he's he's, he's a, a union too. man. He's you know going to this um, just trading post or whatever, right? And they're talking whatever, and pulls out. Guess what? We're killing all you motherfuckers, right. and everyone shoots shows everyone. up oh, and right. shoots it all, right? They kill like the the you know the wife is like please don't kill my husband and you know just shoots him right there and they burn the whole place down. This part of the movie feels like the A team. Like it feels <laughs> like here's just a bunch of rap scallions who are going around burning stuff. Yep, making making a mess of things. Um, uh, Caviezel's intense in this movie. Black John Ambrose, that's yeah. his name. Caviezel, he's intense. He's definitely in that period where it's this like, is right after the Thin Red Line. Right, you give him like a little part, and he goes like, um, "Hey, uh, can I do as much as I possibly can for this?" <laughs> I'm planning on playing him as haunted. Right, is that is that is that a good call? <laughs> right. Do you think? Right, an infinite well of emotion. Is that cool? Is that a cool? My choice? eyes are going to shimmer at all times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my angel right, eyes. Right. Yeah, yeah I got oh. the sense that he could. Yep. There yes. you go. He he he's really got a a Christ uh, complex going on here. Hey, now I feel like '90s Pepper and he '90s weird? Caviezel. Is he a weird guy? I think he's Caviezel? kind of a weird guy. Isn't he a weird guy? He does a lot of movies with weird people to I not be a weird guy. I don't think weird bad. I, okay, I think just weird 
is the sense I get. Uh, well, apparently he hates stem cell research. Okay, weird bad. And filmed an ad against it that began with him saying in Aramaic, which he did learn for the Passion of the Christ, <laughs> uh-huh. you betray the son of man with a kiss. And the director said, uh, Jim, this is supposed to be a Carl's Jr. commercial. <laughs> Just so that's a little about, wild. Talk about the Western Bacon he Ranch He also burger. requested that Jennifer Lopez wear a top during his sexing with her in Angel Eyes out of respect for his wife. So was he just, just super religious? And he donated to Rick Santorum. I guess so. Yeah, he's a very religious man. He just played he he played Paul the Apostle of Christ, right? Jesus is Christ. He, is he in that movie? He, yeah. Wow. I think does he not play Paul? He plays Paul? Luke. Okay. One still, of the other apostles. Still kind of yeah. weird when you play Jesus. That's Maybe he wants to collect them all. Yeah. Like he wants to be everyone in the Last Supper. But like what if Robert Downey Jr. retired from doing Iron Man and then showed up as Bucky in the next movie? <laughs> That'd be weird. Right. Um, yes. Luke is the best of those four He's the Jesus best apostle? Books. No, of oh, the four oh, books of oh, the uh, yeah. Bible. Yes. So he's the Luke best writer the best. at least. Just you're saying that out there. Right. right. No, if you're um, going to get it. From my Catholic school If you're going to play an right. apostle, that's the guy to play. No question. Yeah. Who are you guys? Who are my apostles? Who are your apostles? Um, God, I would say right off the top of the head, um, Robert Duvall, probably, right? I like the wise guys. Um, you mean the three wise men? Oh, yeah. He opposes abortion. Uh, yeah, you know, he's a right-wing religious man. Okay, well, that's a religious man. in our Caviezel politics corner. Correct. <laughs> he's an intense man. He's yep. always crying or screaming. Yeah. And he's he's leading these these fellas. Yep. They very quickly get lined up with Simon Baker, the mentalist himself. Yeah, so the person of interest and the mentalist have united here. CBS oh. just like dug into the Ride with the Devil cast for a long time. Yeah, that's true. This Didn't is, Jeffrey th- Wright have a CBS show as well, maybe? Did he? I don't think he did. This is missing a Krumholtz, and then you'd have almost the <laughs> Tuesday Night Murrow. lineup. Yeah, Rob Murrow. Uh, no, uh, Wright has never done a TV show until Westworld. Boardwalk. He did Boardwalk Empire, yeah. but okay. yeah, but until Westworld, yeah. It's fun. I would watch like Jeffrey Wright investigates though. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like hmm, well, he oh, showed up for see. like two scenes of Game Night, and I and I was hoping God, he's so oh, fucking man, good I in Game Night. Game Night. Yeah, he's so good in it, and and they he, he his casting is a joke. Yeah, to be like, wouldn't it be funny if this was Jeffrey Wright in this kind of movie? And it makes you angry that you don't get to watch him for another hour. I love Jeffrey Wright. Can we Jeffrey Wright stand for a Fantastic second? Fantastic actor. Uh, he's a wonderful actor. He's one of my guys. Sure. He is a fantastic actor. Which, he's so close to being the kind of actor I hate, except I love him. Well, his Shaft, I mean, that's his next big role, right? He's right. doing that's Shaft, right. and that's just one of the all-time, like, As people I am Hernandez. overacting this entire right. that's the thing. thing. I mean, but he, he can kills little, it anyways. Right. He can be a little Baroque. He kills it. Like, <laughs> he, is, that is just, he makes that work. He is a paprika salesman. Uh, yeah, he's a paprika. He's he's rolling but, up his. But cart. I think most of the time he gives you just the right amount. Yeah, he's it's very theatrical. Some, it's something like source code where you're like, you didn't need a cane and you literally glasses. gave yourself a limp. Like that's yeah. like the joke of when an actor needs business. But I mean, you know? he's the kind of guy who, when he's underplaying it, is overplaying it. But in a yeah. way, I really like. Like Me in too. Casino Royale, mm-hmm. where he's just like, you know, he's playing a guy who doesn't talk much, and he looks at his, you know, bottom of his he whiskey glass. Like you're just waiting for him to like do something. Right. Exactly. I, like, I, I, I do him enjoy him. I always, I always just get excited when he's on screen. He's great in Ali. Uh, he's uh, great in The Manchurian Candidate. Great in Cadillac Records. Oh, he's fantastic in that. Yeah. As Muddy Waters. Uh, I like him in almost Obviously, everything. he's very good in Angels in America. He's great oh, yeah. in, in he, was, he was fun in the Hunger Games movies. Remember, he was like the weird tech guy. 
That's another example of I think Jeffrey Wright would have won Best Supporting Actor that year if that had been a theatrical film, Angels in America. Yeah, but it wouldn't be a theatrical film. But I'm saying hypothetically because we keep on talking about how bad 2003 was. Oh, sure. Fair enough. Let's go back to the 2003 well. Right. He's amazing Um, in Angels in America. Right. But this feels like this was kind of like an anointment moment where they were like, Jeffrey Wright, we're bringing you into the studio system. You're going to be a substantial movie actor now. And then this film doesn't really go. But this feels like it's designed to be a best supporting actor vehicle. Right. Sure. Yeah. Fair fair point. Should have. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that like had it done well at the box office should have been like Slam a dunk nomination. An eight, nine, it would have been one of those films that gets a ton of nominations, but maybe wins like a cinematographer right. award a or something. Looking movie. Yeah. Uh, shot by Frederick Elms. So he grew up next door neighbor of okay. Simon Baker. Mm-hmm. His father was murdered. No, wait, wait what do you think? Who grew up the next door neighbor? Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's character. I thought he was his slave. Simon Baker. That's how I always took it. The ne- next door neighbor? Right, because my understanding was that he bought him. Oh, okay. Later. Fair enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And right. then freed him. Yeah. yeah. But but the idea is that Jeffrey Wright feels because I was yes, bought Yes, feels out indebted to him. him. Yes. And they're friends. They have a bond. Right. An and I think he bond. gets the sense that, at least in this in this neighborhood and everything, it's probably better to stick with Simon Baker and whatever he's up to than, you know, go off on right. his own. Right. right. But he yes. kind of feels like he can't leave him. And right. so he's sort of out of obligation and solidarity fighting against his people. Uh, fighting yeah. for the South. And not only and that, he kill some crackers. What's better right. than that? He's also in league with a group that regards him very oddly. Like, they, as, you know, they view him yeah. like, what, what's this Why guy is he doing with us? here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he just kind of... That's one of the only other places there where we see another African-American is at some point during, like, one of their, like, night parties or something, right. you see Jeffrey Wright, like, serving whiskey. And I think you see another uh, think you're extra right. who's an African-American who's, yeah. like, clearly on, like, slave duty. Right. No, it's he's an odd presence in the movie, but, like, intentionally, so... But, but it's yeah. always kind of odd whenever, when people bring him up or they try to start trouble about him. Like, Simon Baker always sort of defends him without ever totally humanizing him. Right. You it's know, he's sort of like, like... he has a free pass, I owe this man my this. life. Right. So you can't kill him, but I'm not going to tell you you have to treat him like but a human But he's being. constantly at risk. Like, in constantly. the Lawrence Massacre, you know, some yeah. guy, drunken guy, kind of grabs him and, like, is going to attack him and, you know has to be talked down because it's right. I mean, and Jeffrey Wright is great at mouth business. He's really good at mouth <laughs> acting. So when you give Jeffrey Wright a beard, it's just like, it's like a fucking five course meal. He's, a, it's he's, perfect. he's good with a beard. Yeah. He's great with a beard. It's a short beard, big beard, like whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said this is his favorite movie he's ever done. Wow. And that he's like still to this day, very irritated that, that six people hit. saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, six people saw it, Jeffrey. Six people but saw hey, it. But hey, it got a criterion. Yeah. Um, he's like the one actor who like does. Talks there's about like this a 20-minute interview with him on the criterion about this. Oh, I should tell this story. Okay. Criterion, 50% off sale. I yeah. ordered a bunch of stuff. Congrats. Including this film, because I knew we were going to cover Ang Lee. And I order two, count them, two Agnes Varda box sets for sure. Romley's birthday because I'm a fucking cool older brother. Stolen. The whole thing was stolen. My package was stolen. But did you like report this crime to the mail? I am the crime police. I am in in a building with four apartments, one apartment per floor. Sure. I am going out to do a show in Brooklyn during a snowstorm. Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. I did a show for $5. (laughs) Literally, I think I got paid $5. I'm going to just just level with you. I think that's too low. (laughs) Yeah. 
You think that's too low? You know, I study a lot of contract law. I can tell you about gross versus net. Because my agents went back and forth on that one for like months before I agreed to do this basement show. They were like, how about this? Four dollars. If it snows, five. Yeah. And you were like, sign. Five dollars. As I was walking out, I saw the package there in the lobby. I was like, huh, I will leave that here right now in the vestibule of the building. And when I come back home, I will bring it upstairs to my apartment. Oh, big mistake. But the vestibule is locked. Okay. Yeah, yeah I get you. Right. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back. Package gone. Text my best friends who live, my neighbors on the right. first floor. You know two out of the four You don't know all four. Right. right. See, I live in a fourplex. I know all my neighbors. I mean, I, I know them enough that I could it. do a rap-a-tap-tap on the door. But I said, hey, did you take the package in? Because sometimes they'll take my packages in. I said, no, but we heard someone... Uh. Buzzing in earlier. Uh, I think he was trying to steal the mail. <gasps> wow. So some guy was like, ha, 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 ha. oh, here's $175 worth of Criterion Blu-rays. What, was he going to sell them in the black market? I don't know. But Did I wanna... you report the crime to the mail police? Who could have reported it? The... They successfully delivered it. The mail delivered it. The, the Postal Service delivered it to my home. I guess so. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Theft. I feel like I've done that. I want to thank Jesse Ryan Knight. Sure. Friend, blanky, listener, who gave me his copy of Ride with the Devil on Blu-ray as a birthday present because he saw that I had my copy stolen. I bought a copy of Ride with the Devil, and it was delivered to my home safely. Well, you know, I mean, you can't have everything. Pretty early on in the film, they realize they need to hibernate for the winter. Yeah, they have to pull a, what do you, what was that revolutionary war place that I visited? Uh, Valley Forge. Oh. Which is like, where you're like, why am I visiting this? And like, well, this is where they stayed during the winter when they couldn't move. They stayed in these huts. And you're kind of like, oh. So it wasn't like a battle here? And they're like, no, no. They simply had to, they had very little food. And you're like, sounds rough. And they were like, yes, very bad. It's also so weird to be like, I understand like practical realities, but to be like, hey, how's the war going? Um, well, it's we're, winter. We're, we're kind of a break right now. Yeah, so we're just not going to do it. We're anything. just sort of in a holding pattern. I don't know if you noticed, but it snows. Just good I mean, faith agreement. This is where I'll give the film a lot of credit, and I and you know I'd have to go back and watch like Gettysburg or Glory, but like there's actually seasons in this movie, yeah. and they matter. And That's like true. The filming, and, like I don't know how long the filming took on this, but it like they must have question. like had to like take breaks because like you you can't fake the seasons that the way this film looks. Not the way this film looks, which is very natural and very yes. Uh well the filming must based. have been long because they started back in the Civil War and that didn't come out until nineteen ninety nine. So interesting bit. <laughs> How are you feeling, Griff? Terrible. Um yeah, I've so been they, very upfront about they, this. They hunker down in a I don't know They build it. Cave. They like, <laughs> yeah, right. A little Fort Cave. Yeah. Because Skeeter Ork is like, hey, I know this lady who uh, I, I think has a crush on me. She used to live in a car. She's released two albums. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not him. It's it's Simon Baker. Right. Yes, Simon, Baker. Simon Baker knows right. the ladies right. at the house of, right. um, I always forget that guy's name. Zach Grenier, um, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, who but, has is uh, Garrett you must if you're making a film about the 19th century of America. Oh, yeah. You must cast Zach Grenier as something. Yep. Yeah, Zach Grenier also looks like darkest timeline Tobey Maguire. Yeah, sure. They right. have the same sort of wet-eyed kind of thing yeah. going on. Uh, so that scene's pretty harrowing when they come face to face. But so they build like a little, a little like wigwam. Uh-huh. Like a little like beaver dam. Yeah. That they hide out in. And, uh, and that, s- that's when we get to the skeleton crew of like Baker, Maguire, Wright, and Ulrich. 
right. the four greatest movies. Guys of the being 1990s. dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just guys being dudes. This and, is sort and, of like a Civil War entourage sort of yeah. section of the film. Right. And Ulrich and Jewel start boning Well, down. I mean, the whole thing is that Jewel just comes out of nowhere, right? She does. She's riding, riding, a horse. riding this horse. Yeah. Wonky you know, tea. Nice blonde hair. Right. Yeah. And nice. it's like, you know, what, what Jeffrey Wright, he's the one who goes to Toby McGuire. It's like, you better get in there, boy, if you want to like get in on this. Right, because right. like that's going like the first thing Wright says. And he's True. like, get inside the house. <laughs> what are you talking about? Go inside that little hole there. Everyone's talking to this lady. McGuire's very awkward with the girls, though. Jake Rodell. Well, but he's killed yeah. 17 men. Well, he's gonna. He hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's very... Uh, you start to realize like his whole, like, only idiots get married kind of feels like a, a kid punching a little girl in the schoolyard. Right. Like, he just seems terrified by women. Uh, yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Old um, Dutchy. Then what happens until Ulrich gets shot? Like, what, what what goes on apart from the romance? We get the romance, right? That's a lot. We of get that. The, we get well. We got to really set up the romance, right? Because there's like Please. the first time where you know, uh, Skeet Ulrich and Jewel they're making out, having a good time, and Toby McGuire and Jeffrey Wright are just sitting there inside and Toby McGuire not a fan of the making out going no, on. No, no, not into dorm it. room in there. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And Toby McGuire, yeah, he's like huffing and steaming. He's like, thought we were bushwhackers, you know. He's, yeah, so this isn't war. So, so then we get the agreement to, uh, you know, just kick him out of the dorm for the evening. It's <laughs> right. like she's coming over. Yeah, yeah. everyone, on the hold on. You yeah. guys go have. You guys throw throw acorns at squirrels. Like, they're like, that's like his line. And check the like, whiteboard. We're, we're gonna go uh, throw acorns at squirrels. Yep. But this is when Jeffrey Wright first starts to talk when yeah. they're sort of in the foxhole together. Uh-huh. Simon Baker kind of explains their relationship until McGuire starts acknowledging him for yeah, the first Yeah, yeah, because you're right. Jeffrey Wright's kind of just lurking at this point. Right. Have we seen him kill someone? I thought we've gotten the sense that he's a good shoot, though. Like, that's the sure, part of his sure, thing, sure. is that Jeffrey Wright is like a fantastic person to have on your side. Yes, he's a good warrior. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's really any battles. Maybe I can't remember. I'd like to. I'd have to rewatch because the early right. scenes are very chaotic. Well, we're going to uh, get into a scene because yeah. after... It's when they when when Skeet Ulrich finally gets his moment to shine with Jewel. So give me one hour, yeah, and then fifteen minutes later, it's like you know he gets uh, he gets a little. Well, he gets enough. Well, he only needs fifteen minutes, as yeah. we learned. But sure. you guys know what I'm talking about. You're trying to put the moves on, lady, and then a civil war <laughs> breaks out, and it's like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Skeet is is Skeeting. Yeah, he's got Skeet a funny Skeets. name. Yeah, why is his name Skeet? Oh, do you know what his real name is? Uh, Brian Ray Trout. Yes, it is. What a name. Wow. No part where, of Skeet Ulrich is Skeet then, like, even come Skeet. in as like, this is the name you should take as an actor. His little league coach called him Skeeter because he was small. Because he had poor health and frequent bouts of pneumonia. Did he have a dog named Porkchop? <laughs> <laughs> Five oh, boy. Uh, he was an Only uncredited extra Only in Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, mm. uh, so that's why he went by Skeet professionally. Like I don't know, that's kind of a leap. Just because your little league coach bullied you. Yeah, my little league <laughs> coach called me fuckhead. And I didn't go by that professionally. <laughs> your little league coach called you getting right yeah. field and don't talk to me. Yeah. Fuck Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Newman. That'd be yeah. good. Yeah. Wait, where did Ulrich come from? Uh oh yeah I don't know good point right I didn't even think of his last name yeah no part of his name is real Trout well Skeet Trout doesn't really you know you can't have the TT uh, could be a maiden name of some sort yeah I'm not I'm not his stepfather his stepfather's name David Donald sorry Donald <laughs> Ulrich who is a stock car driver 
Wow, I think Skeet Ulrich might have had an interesting life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this all sounds, this all sounds very romantic. If only you could bring a little bit of that to the screen, you know. Yeah, what do you think of Skeet? He's kind of boring. I find him he's so a face. boring. He dies an hour into the movie. He, I mean, for a point, spoiler right? alert. Like, I mean, that's where right. we're at. He gets yeah. shot yeah. and he takes a while to die. Right. He yeah. actually dies because they chop his arm off. Oh yeah. Well, the whole thing, and this is where like Ang gets into like his whole thing about like this movie and like subverting the the western is right. They go to ride off because. Um, I forget who's that fucking actor, the Toby McGwright looking actor. Um, to Zach Grenier. You're Zach really Gr- struggling yeah. with Zach Grenier's. Uh, yeah, I, yes. he's, he's such a that guy. Who's yeah. a that Nobody guy. knows his name. Right. Um, he dies, yes. and they like charge, and you know, you get like the whole drums pounding, everything. Here's yes. the big action scene. It's gonna happen, and then like you know, big camera sweep, dolly over helicopter shot, and then it's like the battle's like a two minute like you know. People just shooting in random directions. Yeah, smoke and everywhere. People, and, you know, Skeet Ulrich gets shot. And then we go back and it's like, well, that was the battle. That was it. That was shitty. And we then didn't Skeet do so Ulrich hot. isn't dead. So they're like, I guess we could cut his arm off. In well, Simon Baker cave. just takes off. He's like, yeah. I'm done. Fuck this. <laughs> this is those girls romantic. aren't going to marry me. Ding so dong, ding I'm dong. taking out. All right. Ding all right. Dong. Open the door. Let's get this over with. Oh, my God. My God, you see that? No. It's a small, naked man. Okay. Sir, can you put clothes on? Big glasses and a bowler hat? Small, naked man, big glasses and a bowler hat. Oh, my God. Who's handing me his Uh, business card? in the middle of recording. Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Uh Uh-huh. It's Cousin It. Okay, from the Adams Family. He's lost all his hair. Usually uh, famed for his hair. He's lost all his hair. He's buck naked now in our studio. Uh, Nothing but a bowler hat well he sounds like top his head he sounds like 66 percent of men who lose their hair by age 35 oh i thought you meant butt naked (laughs) and like by the time you start to notice it's too late to reverse the trend well clearly even these thick glasses couldn't help him see the thing is it's cousin see he's not my cousin the thing is it yeah no thing is a different character (laughs) all right Uh, it's easier to the hand. It's easy to keep the hair you have than to replace what you lost. Okay. So if you're seeing your hair recede a little bit, yeah. Or if you know, in its case, I guess maybe like stepping out of the shower and there's a little, little leftover in the drain. Um, a little more than a lot. Yeah. You know, maybe you want to go to fourhims.com and like you know get some uh, doctor recommended. Uh, Solutions to free hair loss. Good it? It, it looks like he doesn't have any hair to. Oh, oh God! Look at that. His butt is really hairy. <laughs> well, seemingly the only spot where he hasn't Hims, lost it. Hims connects you to real doctors, and uh, they give you medical grade solutions to treat hair loss. Uh, generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions that'll help you keep your hair. Do you want to keep the butt hair? <laughs> Okay, yeah, he does. Yeah, you don't have to go to the awkward doctor visits. You don't uh, have to uh, like. Um, Pick up your products; they get shipped directly oh, to your great, door. That's great. He's clearly not much of a people person. Our listeners are going to get a trial month of Hims for just five dollars today, while supplies last. See the website for full details. It's forhims.com. But it would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So wait oh. a second. So cousin, it's asking me. He should just type in. No, I know what he's going to ask. For Hims and just check that that was the end of the URL. No, you go to forhims.com slash blank. That's f o r h i m s dot com slash blank. Um, nice to meet you. Can we get some disinfectant in here? Because he was wiping his butt all over these walls. You in, you in the butts. I'll get the... Me in the butts? Him in the butts? You in the butts. Me in the butts? 
I'll it's get not the, my fault. The cleaning crew to take Thank care you. of it. That comes Thank through you. Yeah. How'd you feel about that, Peter? That 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 was some great work. I I just I just I do not spiel on my ads. I'm just like it's movie. There's the good. There's the <laughs> this is the Godard Zigavertov group Marxist film from the '72. Check it out and uh, use the code. Our hands are forced. Here's the thing. I would love to get ads out as quickly as possible, and it feels like every time I'm shanghaied by some kind of fool. Some creature, some real character comes in, holds us hostage. Uh, it's I'd true. love to get an ad done in 30 seconds. I can't tell you how much. Uh, so Skeet Ulrich's dead. Uh, Skeet Ulrich well, is dead. We're, we're going to take out senses. the bullet first. Right. Yeah, they take out the bullet. That doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't go so hot. Gangrene comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he wants this to take its time and be yeah. realistic, right? Yeah. Like, again, he's subverting the romanticism of death. Right. So then we're going uh, south. We got to deliver Jewel to somewhere safe, and we get to, is it Tom Wilkinson? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. Tom Wilkinson yeah, Tom and w. character yeah. actress Margot Martindale. Yes, yeah. that's right. This movie is just like like chock full, because you even have like James Urbaniak as like the guy mm-hmm. trading up scalps at the poker game. Yeah, that's a creepy scene, actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Celia Weston pops up in this one. Yeah, um, yeah they play, uh, you know, the they have a nice home. I don't know. They play the nice home people. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're they're, they're kind of chill. They're just enjoying life. Do they have like a son who's died in the war or something? Or are they just barren? Well I forget. Well, Jewel. Well, Jewel's their kid, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Jewel's gonna be their kid. Right. The- um No, I, I can't remember what their backstory's supposed to be. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, has Tom Wilkinson been in, in the bedroom yet? But he hasn't. No, he hasn't. No. So I guess he he's been in the full Monty. He, and he's been in rush hour. Uh, what year is that? 98. Okay, so that's right. Yeah. Can't believe you don't remember when Rush Hour came out. Um, yeah, that's but it's just they go from Grenier House to Wilkinson House, yeah. right? They're yeah. sort of like their whole life is like, will someone take us in? Do they know she's pregnant at this point? Well, I mean, I don't know if they know, no, but no, she they don't. is. Right. I mean, I spoiler. Mean, she's know, pregnant. Spoiler. Skeet Ulrich. Skeet. He, he skeeted. Yeah. I don't know. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome. Yeah. I think I should take that out. Yeah, just take it and right out. Actually, can you keep it in a double? All right, fine. I mean, that's what Skeet Ulrich did. That's what he kept, he kept oh, it in and he doubled it. Can you take that out? <laughs> ben, actually, yeah. can you keep that in and triple it? Um, yeah, what happens now? I'm trying to remember what happens before the like uh, Quantrill shows up. Like, if there's anything major in between the you know, Skeet's death and the Lawrence massacre. They go to Wilkinson's house. They, mm. they hang house. out. It's not they the hang. part where they're like need to sit there for like no. the rest of the movie. But, but they, this is like a base for them. You know. Yeah. Right? They're like hanging. I mean, that's like what a lot of this movie is. They're just yep. like sitting in. They're doing some chores. Um, that's the other thing. War takes so long. Takes long. Like, and who has the time? Chores need to be done. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're kind of a pain in the ass. Like yeah. I wouldn't want them in my like quite nice little you yeah. know, country house. Um, but I guess that's that's like the life of a bushwhacker yeah. is you're basically like freeloading off of people. Right. Or staying in a cave. But really is like then they're going to go meet up with Quantrill by right. that point. Yeah. Right. Who yeah. is like a hero, quote unquote heroic figure in the bushwhackers who is uh, who perpetrated the, the greatest, the most deadly act of terrorism in American history apart from 9-11. Played by. To this day. Played by. He's he's not an actor who's I've never heard he of. He gets a huge um, speech. Like that's John like, Ailes. He gets this huge moment, he right? Does. Like all the all the big fancy like I, close-ups and like 
and he's he's the perfect look. He's got like yeah. the the goatee or whatever you know the sort of like uh, forked mustache and the the sideburns, and he looks. I mean that that's I love this moment because it's so uh, old fashioned and her and you know all the all the men massed together. Like it feels like you get it. You know a moment we forgot to talk about what um, the 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 little mini Ruffalo arc. Oh yeah, where they capture yeah. him. Tom McGuire shows him mercy, lets him go. Ruffalo runs right back, kills McGuire's dad. And McGuire's like, why did he do that? My dad was on the same side as him. And they're like, doesn't matter. You're now the bigger deal. Like They killed your dad because he's your dad, not because of what he stands for. Right, yeah, because you joined up with the... You cast a die for everyone around you. Yeah, And very interesting enough, that's not like, then, like a later plot where he's gonna go, go kill there's no revenge. That's, that's you don't, do you like, even see Ruffalo no, again? No, no. It. right. But yeah. I think it's kind of important. Yeah. I, I, well, because I think Baker says you taught him a lesson, he forgot the lesson, right? But but it's kind of important because like McGuire's in so deep at that point, it's like it doesn't matter what I do, my reputation now like outlives me and is stuck to everyone around me, so he's gonna like fucking go down swinging, yeah. I guess so. I don't know why else you would. I guess the idea of going to Lawrence was like that was seen as like the a, a stronghold for the Jayhawks, and we were going to get our revenge, right? Well, like there's a there's the women's prison. There, oh, right, and, and they, the women's prison had collapsed, right? Which was yeah. seen as this like atrocity. Like they had like tossed a bunch of prisoners into a shoddy building, and a lot of people had died. So I guess there was some sort of like that's right. That's his big speech is like the, the you know we're we're answering this war crime. You know, there's a Spielberg-produced miniseries called Into the West yes, from 2005 yes. that also features the... Uh, the Lawrence Massacre. The Lawrence Massacre. Was Skeet I've never Ulrich seen in it. that as well? It seems plausible. I kind of think he was in that for some reason. Uh, I remember that. Uh, it's... Uh, no, I'm not seeing any Skeet. Mm. No. But no, yes, yes. Oh, yes. yes. He plays Jethro Wheeler. Thank Good you. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I went deep on Skeet when I was watching this movie. Sure. I mean, this really is the end of Skeet. Well, as a movie star, Jericho. Well, right, he Jericho, does move though? over to TV. He was on Jericho, Jericho uh, which was a post-apocalyptic TV show. And they right? canceled it, and fans sent in spoons. I know it was peanuts. I think. Oh, right. Someone else had spoons, and yeah. then he was referenced in that little John song. Is that skeet, right? Skeet. Was, oh. Ulrich, Ulrich. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how they would always on the radio edit they would cut out the you Ulrichs. Yeah, I know. Goes, skeet, 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 skeet. Ulrich, Ulrich. <laughs> um, come on, let's talk Ulrich. about the Lawrence Massacre, guys. Okay. I like that part. What is it? It's yeah. distressing. Well, favorite so this massacre? is like the most clearly like cinematic reference is right. like this is the, the scene at the end of The Searchers. Yes. Um, yeah. Where John Wayne and they go to like, you know, get that. And though, you know, Ford pulls a narrative toward Natalie Wood, essentially, and, mm-hmm. and we sort of avoid what's going on in that. But, like, that's clearly, like, what Ang Lee is thinking about with, like, I'm going to do that scene, but I'm going to show what actually happens right. in the camps. Right. Uh, that's another reference to something else, but that's not what I mean. In sure. the in the town. Yeah. Yes. No, just, like, yeah. you know, walking into saloons yeah. and pulling out the men and shooting them. Here's my hot take. It sucks. I fucking hate it. 
Good yeah, filmmaking. Not, not into it? Bad history. Sure. Don't like it. I uh-huh. think these guys are jerks. Yeah. I think they act like a bunch of fucking I just love the, I love the mundanity of it, though. I, I It's, yeah, well, especially well, after that big speech and that, like, you know. Yeah. I think the masterstroke is how much it keeps on all. cutting back to that kid, uh, yeah. having to observe everything and ending it with the kid, then shooting someone himself. Right. Wait, who's the, who's the character that follows... Um, because oh, there's the German, that the German thing is there's so the good. German yes. guy with the whiskey. Oh, and he is, it, is so good. And is it Caviezel who sticks? With it's him? with Simon Baker. I with think. Simon it's Baker, Baker. Right. and big, and he he's. You want tobacco? You want right, tobacco? Exactly. Tobacco? And Baker, yeah. Baker is like dead in the eyes yeah. at this point, yeah. but he's sort of like, mm-hmm. and then he finally shoots him right at the end there. Ugh. Yeah, that guy's good. That guy's really good. That guy's like uh, Mickey Mouse in Saving Private Ryan, where he's like so avuncular, like yeah. he's just like, this is how I'll save myself. Right? Yeah. Right. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the actor, but no, but it's gross because it's like, it's the kind of scene you've seen in Westerns where like you've, you know, you've acquitted yourself to the the townspeople and then this big bad group rolls in and like causes havoc. And in this movie, the people causing havoc are the people you've been with for the last fucking 90 minutes. And it's just a bummer to watch. Um, and I, you know, Toby isn't exactly heroic, but he's apathetic at this point. He gets a good brunch. He gets a good brunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, I recognize those actors too. Who are those people? I Maybe not. We haven't talked about his sort of doppelganger in this movie. That's like sort of the, his whole enemy. You mean um, Jonathan Reese myers Yeah, the yeah. Jonathan Reese myers character <laughs> yeah. who's always, hey, uh, the duchy. How yeah. you doing? Like that, that he's got, I don't even know what kind he's, of accent he's, he's doing. kind of doing but. a Dylan. <laughs> Uh, and this is an example yeah. of like you need to cast someone like Jonathan Reese Myers because you need to cast someone so visually distinctive. He's got such that a he, face. Know, stands out he had every just time been you in cut to him in a gold group. mine. Yeah. Like yeah. he was, you know, I don't love him as an actor, but I can't deny the power of his face. It's he's so unusual looking. Yeah, yeah. He, he's effective. He's a he's like a good piece of art design. Sure, right, exactly. He's well painted, and he's <laughs> kind of stripped down of a lot of his worst tendencies in this movie. I find him affecting yeah. in in the final scene. Yeah, um, yeah, the final scene is very good. I mean, yeah, uh, but but wait, who is it that? Because they have the run of of wanting the uh, the coffee, right? Mm-hmm. This brunch thing. Who is mm-hmm. it who makes the brunch? It's like nice old people. I just thought yeah, I recognized yeah. the okay. actors, but maybe I, I can't. But, but I can't it's Jonathan Rice Myers wants to come in and right. like he's going to shoot him. him. He's right. like, well, we need to finish our brunch first. Yeah, and he's so grumpy about it that um, like. He's not even he's not even like making a stand like it's not like he's you know, but it also doesn't even seem it's hard to tell what his motivations are in that scene like because he's not being uh, crafty, but he is if that makes sense, right? Like it almost seems like he just wants to fuck with Jonathan Reese Myers like he doesn't even really but, care but getting about at this. the idea of this being this sort of like coming of age movie. It's like they're these high schoolers full of hormone where it's yes. just no, like, this it's, is a coming like, of age movie. It's status yeah. quo because it really just feels like bullying. Like th- this shit when it's they go into the like, town. It's a lot like, well, I'll shoot you. You know, you like, don't have right. Tobey Maguire looking at this scene and being like, wow, this is a horrible thing that I should not be doing. Exactly. Right? Like he's just right. sort of, you know. But, it, but it's Instead like the, he's sort of abstaining at this point. He's it's like the kid watching his friend get beaten up and not doing anything, yeah. you know? He also says vittles, which is a constitutional requirement for any civil war. Yes, movie. correct. You must say the word fiddles um, at some point. But they just go so beyond in terms of like personal embarrassment, like the level of what yeah. they try to do in, in this town in terms Lawrence. of just like, yeah. It, it also, sucks. you know, halfway through, they're just like, this isn't this isn't very heroic. It just becomes like, like, I guess I thought we were going to like fight people. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, when does Simon Baker get shot? 
Well, then they have the battle with the un- with right. the actual Union right. soldiers. Then they show. Well, also, we should mention their their scheme is that they ride in in the blue coats, right? Like they they pull them they off infiltrate. right before yes. the fight. They're right, like exactly. marching up in like it's the one time they're actually like in an organized formation yeah. of yeah. any type. And then they pull them off and run right in. We yep. should also mention that we watched this movie a week ago because we thought we were going to record and then there was a snowstorm. So we're a little foggier on it. Um, but this is like the most traditionally big battle in the film. Uh, yeah, sure. The it's one barely a battle. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just kind of like just death, just muddy death. So Simon Baker We've got this battle, and like all the other battles, battle. I mean, right. you know, I mean, and this is something I'm sure you guys will talk through like the entire series, but like Ang Lee is like a very like smart filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Like he, the camera is always in the nice place, but he's not, yeah. he's not like the David Fincher or Kubrick type where it's like these very, very exacting shots no, or whatever. Exactly. Not and at even all. In I would never battle, think of him that way. He's, he's not meticulous. He's not showy. And no. it's one of the reasons why he's such a good close up filmmaker. Yeah. Because uh, he's really into the power of getting. He loves the, physical detail and the and right like facial, facial expression in order yes, to progress. Yes. The and he story. likes the atmospheres yes. that he works in. I mean, this is a film that's full of atmosphere. So is yes. the road back. So right. is you know right. what? Uh, and I the mean, environment. All the, all the right. sets of Hulk for that matter. But, yeah. but that's so, everyone talks yeah. about uh, on his sets. Whether he is filming more on location or or what have you, yeah. he spends a lot of time in the downtime while such as being shot up, uh, set up, just sort of walking around, absorbing all of it, and really trying to get a sense of. Place which this movie certainly has, yeah. It's but it's it's still ballsy to make your big western and your big civil war movie centered around it's just like an unambiguous act of terrorism, which yeah. is all that was, and also really. not have it end with them going like, "Oh, maybe we were wrong." Exactly. Like they don't not only not end with that, not really end with like some punishment for the character, no, but it does end on actually, I think, a very very different note. Go ahead. Um. Well, do we want to get let's let's get there? Oh, but okay, I think, fair enough. Yeah, fair I think enough. The, you mean later, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But it's not like it ends with like. I mean, for example, like you could have kept Skeet until yeah. now and then he sure. dies tragically here. Right. And Toby's like, oh, like, uh, I think this is terrible. We should never have, you know, like, oh, the cost, the human cost. There, there's neither redemption nor punishment. No. And like and his quote unquote heroic act is sparing uh, the the nice egg makers <laughs> from right. like a psycho who wants to shoot them. It feels like so. Hold unheroic. on, he's not a psycho. I mean, I relate to this guy. No, he to hates James, eggs. J- Jonathan Rice Myers. Yeah, he hates eggs and he wants to murder anyone who likes eggs. I mean, I relate to this. Right. I think he's the most sympathetic character in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People who like eggs are monsters. Uh huh. Eggs are for lunatics. You, are you almost done? All egg fans should be. Murdered. You know what you need to do is what? when you're scrambling eggs, if you drop a little bit of lemon in the scramble before you fry well, it, that's the where great you get chef. the acid. Because you need to have a little of your acid with your salt and fat, Peter. How dare you imply that I would ever scramble an egg? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, drop that lemon. The disgrace. Um. Okay, so Simon to... Baker dies. He, he, yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan Rice Myers tries to shoot Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Yes. An- another guy tries to attack him too. Yeah, Simon Baker dies. And Toby gets shot, too. Uh-huh. Toby gets shot. They both get shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the leg, Yep, I think, uh, as they're fleeing, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go back Bad to Tom, Tom Wilkinson and Margot Martindale. 
It's yeah. true. And Tom Wilkinson is like, oh, hi. <laughs> like, you guys again. Uh, FYI, Jewel's pregnant. <laughs> no, she's got her baby <laughs> right, exactly. already. Jewel we gave birth. Yeah. Right. And she's twice, because Jewel's already a widow when we meet Correct. her. Right. So she's already a woman of the world. That's sort of an underrated aspect of yeah. her character. Right. Is that Toby McGuire is such a boy about mm-hmm. certain things. Well, he's Even killed 17 he's, men. I think it's yeah. 15, but he's killed many men. Okay. Uh, whereas she's sort of been around the block a couple of times. Yes. Um, probably my favorite scene in the film yep. is uh, Toby and uh, Jeffrey in bed together. Yeah. They start sleeping. I mean, this is where the yeah. film yeah. kind of goes from like great to amazing yeah. for me. Like this, this whole last. So, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I'm all so about ambitious. the last yeah, 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. And I, I got to just put out there that I have my struggles with the first hour and 30. Well, the first act of the movie, especially the snow, you know, the winter and, hunkering down is challenging. And, and like to begin your movie stuff. with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, right. It has a lot of skeet. Right. Who's okay. Yeah. Uh, There's and, a real chill factor at work here. Until we get to the skeet shooting. I'm going to get just a lot of chill factor. Until the skeet shooting? Mm-hmm. Do you see what I did there? No. Skeet gets shot? Yeah. Skeet mm-hmm. shooting is also a thing. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Skeet, skeet. Ulrich, Ulrich. Peter, save us. <laughs> Say um, something smart. So Jill's pregnant and Toby McGuire has to sit there and hold the baby. Yes, yes he and does. And he's to sit there and uh, be like, I'm holding a baby. It's true. And what he goes up? from like holding a baby, that's not man's work, what? to like, yeah. I'm kind of into holding this yeah. baby. I'm I mean, good the, at whole, it. the whole <laughs> thing, though, is like when he gets there, it's like, Jules had this kid. Yep. Why aren't you marrying this? Yeah, because it's yeah. like the Bible and says like, your yeah. brother dies. You got to take up his no, no, duty. No, no, everyone you thinks know. that. Toby's the father. That's the thing. Oh, right. right. That's that the whole too, thing. Right. And, and like, he's right. like, um, excuse me, uh, boys roll, girls roll. Excuse yeah. me, I'm the And uncle. And I think yeah. uh, there's there's like Wilkinson, there's a cousin that comes and is like, doesn't matter. You're the father. Yep. Well, I don't care who it is, but you are the father now. Well, excuse yep. me, Get circle, on that circle, circle, dot, dot, dot. Now I got my cootie shot. <laughs> he hates girls. He does hate girls. Yeah. He likes war. Yes. And having long hair. Yeah. Right. And shooting people. Yeah. He thinks he likes that stuff, at least. And now he starts to become genuine buddies with uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, with Holt. Yeah. With Holt. Daniel Holt. He starts talking about, they have this one night. God, Ingley's really good at scenes where people talk to each other without looking at each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's really good at shooting those. We we should also say the dialogue in this movie. This movie is written by just James Seamus. Yeah. Yes, just mm-hmm. James Seamus. It's very flowery and very like accurate to the time. Like mm-hmm. it's not trying to do the thing a lot of period dramas do where they're like, well, let's just have them talk a little more naturally. No. And mm-hmm. it can be, you know, it's sort of like appropriating how they yeah. were. Seamus really likes adaptation. Like he just finds yes. it an interesting like uh, thing. Like I'll, my, so my relationship yeah. with Talk James. Talk about it. You is, know um, Jimmy. Yeah. Big um, J. He teaches at Columbia University where sure. I did both an undergrad and an MA at one point. He, mm-hmm. he only teaches, he does not teach production. He does not teach producing. Okay. He teaches film theory. Mm-hmm. This is his like. Mandate. I will only teach the most useless stuff of film academia. Right. Uh, right. This is like his sort of thing. Yeah, I'm not going to so, give you any practical tips here. Uh, but right? he Even te- though I was the head of a studio, practically. Yeah. So he teaches his graduate course. It was like, when I took it, it was like his last year before he was fired from Focus. Um, when sure. like Anna Karina was bombing and all these films were bombing. It was her first red year. Actually, that was his only red oh, wow. year in Focus's yeah. history was that year. And that Jeez, was the year they he got fire him for that? Yeah. It's like fucking firing Popovich um, if he, anyway, carried. Exactly. But also so, Focus was like, what if we suck now? Yeah, that was right. their whole like business sort of reorganization strategy. So he teaches a class for mostly MFA students and a couple of master students called Scene Narrative. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really tell you what the class is about, but you're gonna, right. you're gonna do a very, very intense discussion. You're gonna start with, um, 
Shakespeare sonnets. Then you're going to read Ooh. a lot of Plato. Then you're going to read a lot of 16th century Renaissance art theory. So Lessing and Alberti. Um, then we did three weeks of Kant, uh, uh-huh. critique, of, critique of judgment, which is whole idea of aesthetic. Then we read a couple not, we did some poetry. We did some John Ashbery, recently passed away, great poet. Uh, we read a novel called Tanazaki's The Key, which is one of the great unfilmable novels. You can read this in a couple hours. I highly recommend it. It's about, cool. it's a Japanese novel about, um, it's, it's an epistolar, it's two diaries that you're reading back and forth between a husband and wife. And at various points, you learn that they're reading each other's diaries. So then you have to rethink the entire way oh, that you're cool. looking. So it's a great novel. And so at the Does end of the- Scooby-Doo get its own semester <laughs> or is that? <laughs> I'm just running through yeah. the tenets of sort of narrative here. Yeah. yeah. So then at the end, it's like the idea is I think he really is kind of interested in the idea of like what narrative is and how then you visualize it. And I don't know if I quote unquote like- learned anything in the class. Mm. I, I ended up writing a final paper about Kant and Stan Brackage because it just seemed right for the class. And he's like, that's fine with me. Um, he is one of these guys, these rare examples of someone who seems to have pulled off a, a, a human hat trick in the film industry where he has a lot of real intellect and creative integrity, really sharp business acumen, and he is a human being and yeah. not a monster. Yeah. He has a PhD from Berkeley. He's got a book on Carl Theodore Dreyer. He's got this entire chapter. If you've seen the movie Gertrude, there's a fake Renaissance painting in Gertrude. This is like Dreyer's last film from the 60s, one of like the hardcore art cinema movies of all time. And it's this fake Renaissance painting of like Venus being ripped together in dogs. He's got an entire chapter just deconstructing that painting. James Hammer's fucking he, rules. He, he sounds he's pretty so cool. awesome. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know, he like. I have never seen Gertrude. Now I want to see Gertrude. Yeah. I mean, that that's a that's a you know, get ready for a movie. Um, sure. I feel like that way about a lot of Dreyer that I have seen. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, Seamus is smart. I mean, sure. when I had him on my podcast, you can check it out, The Cinephiliacs. How's um, but there's a great interview I have with James Seamus. Um, and I asked him about making sort of middle brow movies, right? Focus mm-hmm. features. It's a sure. middle brow it's studio. It's classic yeah. along um, with Sony Pictures classics. <laughs> and, you know, kind of but talking about like, because this is a guy that, you know, he knows his marks. He knows his like all these sort mm-hmm. of things buying into like whatever late capitalism is uh, in our days. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, Brokeback Mountain started a conversation. Like you can't deny that. Like, yeah. you know, we made change however small or slim you want to say. Like, you know, we also fit into a market we knew what we were doing. I was the one who did Talk to Me. The Is it Cassie Lemons who directed it? Which is a great film? movie. Yeah. Like yeah. you actually look it's at the Focus movie. record. Pretty good with no, women and, and people yeah. of color Absolutely. directors. Absolutely. Like, and, and even like movies like The Motorcycle Diaries yeah. or whatever that are like, you know, being presented as these sort of old people movies. Like these are movies about, you know, interesting outside of the realm. So that's kind of what makes things. like Ride yeah. with the Devil interesting as his yeah. flop is he's pretty good at knowing what his audiences are. And this one didn't go no this one didn't go but But, i appreciate the effort i think it's beautifully adapted uh so uh let's talk about the end of ride with the devil guys so tom wilkinson is being very mysterious he's got to go into town and jeffrey wright is going to come with him. i really enjoyed this margo martindale is making a chicken she's making a fucking chicken toby mcguire is suspicious they don't make you don't do a roast chicken oh oh, he has a whole conversation with her about a chicken we did go over my favorite scene what? We skipped over, oh, which is bed? Jeffrey Wright and Tom McGuire in the bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey talked Wright talks about, about the fact that he now feels free for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. It is a, it's a gorgeous piece of acting. You've from always Jeffrey been Wright. free. And he's like, that That wasn't 
freedom. Right. You know, he talks about, oh, he says, you know, he's talking about uh, Simon Baker's death. And he goes, I know what you're feeling. You're feeling the loss. Right. And he goes, it's not a loss. It's a freedom. Yeah. This is the first time I've actually felt free. Even though he's clearly moved by the death of Simon Bay. I mean, he's very, you know, he's very affected by it. And he was close to him, but it was also, it was this kind of abusive relationship Uh, in a lot of ways. (laughs) Right. And uh, for the first time, Jeffrey Wright is feeling empowered to like, that that he can pursue his own life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he expresses his intent to Tobe Maguire to leave. He has to go out on his own and make his way. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, that's right. true. So they're both going to depart together. And then what happens? But writes in we're on gonna this. We're going to make a roast chicken. Writes in on the chicken scheme. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's He's, in the scheme except for Toby Maguire. Yeah, Toby Maguire because we've is had a real a scene dumbass. Where Toby and Jewel talk about maybe oh, getting married. God. He's like, "Oh hell no!" That's a I great am out scene. of this. I am like, but, and she talks about his nub, or he yeah. talks about yeah. his nub. Who gives the first nub jab? I mean, everyone's talking about nubs. Yeah, but yeah, where he's just like, "Huh? If I thought about it, I would never want to marry you ever. <laughs> never. Girls are gross. Yeah, I, I like killing people. I yeah. hear you eat boogers. Go <laughs> yeah. away." He's great in these. I I, I love childish Toby Maguire. Yeah, Toby Maguire is great at hating women. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a New York Times article coming? Oh, soon? God, I, don't I, don't, I don't. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. About I just the free journalistic game. press. <laughs> um. So, but yes, the chicken's being roasted as we discussed off mic. It's a good looking chicken. Great chicken. I mean, the the at the end of the dinner, just a good close up on the chicken. It's a nice just like that's chicken. that's it's like his Ozu pillow shot. It's like <laughs> yeah, is the shot of the chicken. Good chicken. That was a chicken that fire roasted. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Use because... a cast iron when you cook chicken. Uh, oh yeah. Wanted. Yeah. Maybe put a brick on it. Right. No. 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 Some people like you to do brick, that. Just. Just. Put it in side, the oven, the cast iron. You're gonna because you're gonna get crispy from the top, but you're also the cast right. iron's gonna, gonna get warm the bottom. Up. Yeah. Don't need to flip it. Just put it, and then you can make a really good sauce with all the drippings that come out. Love, what I about like a like a DVD copy of brick? Would that on top of the? Chicken? It is very heavy. It's, I don't it's know. a heavy. You're picture. gonna get a rubbery, plastic. Okay, that's that's maybe the it, issue. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, might a little bit of meltage might occur. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, Tom's gone to get the priest. Because it's time for Toby to marry Jewel. Priest yeah. is very excited about the chicken. First thing he says, enters the house, says, I, I smell that I chicken. Smell chicken. I mean, I think it's a rough time right now yeah. in Missouri. You might not eat a lot of chicken. I also just like that it feels like it's like the end of the five-year engagement or something. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, like, Jesus. silly kids are getting married if it's the last thing yeah. I do. Yeah, and Jeffrey writes in on it. Yeah. It's very cute. Toby has his talk with Jewel. It's like, I guess we can do this. Yeah, he's like, I thought you didn't like the nub, though. And she's like, yeah. It's kind of cute. Know. Get into the nub. Yeah, he's like, well, all you right. Can, you can maybe not do regular things with yeah. nub, but you can do other yeah, things. I'm, I'm DTM. <laughs> Down and up. Down and up. Um, what else? So I they mean, get married. They and get then, married. Then, and... then we get the Jeffrey Wright has to tell Toby what's going on. Yeah, you got sleeping in a bed with a wife. Yeah, he tries to take off his socks, get in bed with Jeffrey Wright. He's like, this is home base. <laughs> I'm used to this. This is comfortable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's like, you fucking fool. Go over there. And Jewel's like, yeah, you are a fucking fool. Sex ever heard of it? Right, because she's like, are you a virgin? And he's like, I've killed many men. And she's like, men. Mm, that's kind of the opposite of what right, I'm exactly. talking about. Yeah, not going for that. She's got to take off all his draws and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, she seems to like the pain. Sure. There's yeah. a moment where she, she, she gets a good glances out. down, takes a little peek of the pain. Yeah, she's satisfied. Flashes oh. a we totally Clean forgot one of the smile. most crucial things that happens at this house in these scenes leading up is Toby Mc- 
Guire staring at Jules' nipple. Yeah, the that breastfeeding. Is, that is the yeah. breastfeeding thing. I know, he yeah. He's really into watching the breastfeeding. Yeah. He, it's like he's literally, it's same when, say with holding the baby where he's like, geez, I guess I, I, I never thought about yeah. it before. I guess they need to drink milk and be held. Wait, yeah. Babies are nice. Boobs <laughs> is cool. What is going on here? Yeah. I thought that all I wanted to do was shoot people. Yeah. Um, then it's, he cuts it's his a coming hair. of age story, but yeah. the age he's coming of is like 10. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Once you cut his hair, he's practically like a fucking 50 year old dad. You and know what I mean? That's like, a great line where they go like, you almost look like you're 21 again now. And he's like, I'm still 19. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. Boy, Civil War really right. puts some years oh, on a person. City miles. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we get to this really, I mean, so they're going to take off and they yeah. got to sneak through town. They're because going of, on their wagon trail. Because they're, they're still wanted fugitives. Go west. They're still wanted fugitives. They're I mean, taking an Uber trail. They're going to drop Jeffrey Wright off early. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going to California. No, yeah. but yeah, the last crucial scene is the showdown, quote unquote showdown. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of like the film that it reminds me of that comes later is... Um, a film that I'll really stand for and I feel most people don't is The Truth About Charlie, Jonathan Demme's remake. Sure, Charade. remake of Charade, yes. With Tim Robbins That's and you get to this, um, yeah. you get this really amazing ending at the, so it's like Mark Wahlberg and Thandie uh, Newton and uh, Tim Robbins and everyone's holding guns in the rain and everything and then they put the guns down and that's like the end of the movie is they put the guns down. They just walk away from it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. They, they decide to not kill each other and that's kind of at the end of this movie. Yes, you get this moment. So. You think you know, it's going to be like a final shootout or and some like sort of angst, button you know, on setting yes, it all yes, up, yes. like little right. detail shot here, and, click of the gun. And the character, the Jonathan Reese Myers character, has only been a psycho. So yeah. it's not like we think like, oh, he'll have chilled out. Well, yeah, you almost like, go it, like, oh, that's why the character's been in the movie up until this point. Like right. he's had a weird amount of close-ups for how unimportant he's been. Sure, right. It's yeah, clearly he'll be all the set up for this moment. Right. And his whole plan is he's still going to go into town where it's like, they tell him, like, they're going to arrest you immediately. And right. he's yes. like, I want to, I think he says he wants a beer or something or yeah. like, you know. Right. That's what makes him scary. You're yeah. like, this guy's crazy. He's got nothing he's to crazy. lose. But, but this is Might the kill him for sport. And this is the moment that then you realize that, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. what has all of this, none of this has mean anything. There's no reason we can't just both go on our way. Yeah. yeah. War is done. The war's over. We yeah. can, we can. We can live again. Yeah. And let's just live. Yeah. And that's kind of like a really powerful thing for it like is. this Civil War movie to like end on. And that's where I think like, you know, the film's weird amorality yeah. kind of plays into this. So it's like, it is just like, it doesn't matter. And this is where I think, I think this is where you get the Seamus check. I think like Seamus is a big fan of like the Bud Bedecker and the Anthony Mann Westerns of the fifties, mm-hmm. a sort of psychological Western. Right. Of crazy the, going the tall on. Yeah. Tall T was yeah. a film that we discussed in my podcast uh, with him. Um, but he's really into these films that um, have this sort of sense that there's a strong moral, but it's just not this sort of preach moral. It just kind of comes out awkwardly into scenes and moments. And that's mm. where this film kind of ends. But then right, pretty pointedly, not- the movie ends mm. on Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Now that they've made it through, it's yeah. this sort of goodbye where the two guys, God, Jeffrey Wright has a moment that he plays. It's a thing that when actors are able to pull it off, it it almost instantaneously destroys me. Mm-hmm. Where as he's saying goodbye to Tobey Maguire, he starts to break emotionally. Right. Mm. And then he shows that he's surprised that he's breaking emotionally. Mm. Yeah. And it all happens in a millisecond. Um, but they they uh, they pull a classic "Call Me by Your Name." 
they call each other by their names. No, they call each other by each other's names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I'm going to call you by your name. Right. Um, And uh, they, uh, it it ends with Toby watching him ride off. But the final, final shot is him riding off. This guy now finally gets to have. He's going to Texas. A life. He's going to try and find his mother. Yes. Um, He. I mean, if I was him, I'd go north, but you know, I understand yeah. it's very poetic and moving, but yeah. also to Jesus. Yeah. Um, rocky. But I mean, and it's important, right? I mean, I just feel like it's as much as you want, maybe some sort of moral uh, reckoning mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. It's like, he's saying like, yeah, there might've been a triumph of the South, but mostly these people just stayed in the country. Right. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them did move West maybe, or move around, but like, uh, we did just kind of pick the country up and drop it, like, mm-hmm. and that's. I feel it's it's very like, it's 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 a good signaling of the next forty years in this country's history. Yeah, like everything yeah. that we're talking about, both the Jeffrey Wright arc and the Jonathan Rhys Myers. Yeah, sort so, of you know. And usually we talk conclusion. about the Western yes. as a genre as basically a post Civil yes, War genre, right? right, right, right the right. Western everything sort of shaken out up. of yes, it, yes. and that's sort of like you know that final shot. It's like it is like the big western landscape mm. shot mm-hmm. and like you get the sense that Gorgeous this whole movie. film has just been setting up these narrative dialects that are going to then play out through the genre well mm. that played out through the genre for the last hundred years of cinema yeah but you know and and novels and television and what have you yeah um i've always wanted to see there's this really interesting television series that's being made in the south called the ghost riders or something uh that's like a post-civil war about a bunch of confederate soldiers who then go around the south like trying to, um, you know, right wrongs. It's a Western. It was super popular in the South in the 60s, right around the same time of Brown v. The Board. Um, Interesting. Didn't play so well in the North. I can't uh, imagine it did, yeah. Now, none of us have seen a theatrical version of this film, right? No, I think the first time I did, I saw it. I don't remember. Sure. I, I so could it's not, not fundamentally different. I could not tell you one difference between it's the two. It's maybe just a little Well, expanded. the director's cut added 10 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, clear. But yes, I don't know if there's any like, major like change. It doesn't sound like it's a structural change. more, more of, scenes. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, probably at the beginning, I would imagine. I, I would imagine he beefed up the beginning a little more. This movie got uh, mixed reviews. Uh-huh. Um, and it made no money. It made no money. I do like... Uh, Wesley Morris said that it was downright hot-blooded in the nameless violence going on. Uh, never has never has this war been filmed with such ragged glory. The boys grasping at their rifles look like trigger-happy rock stars so much that they threatened to transform the film into a great hair movie. Just wanted to get to that. Oh, <coughs> uh, yeah. I'm this a, movie made $635,000. Which is insane. Um, <laughs> on a $38 million budget. I'm of two minds on this movie. Yeah, it's a colossal flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm of two minds on this movie because I think the Jeffrey Wright of it is the most interesting part of the movie. Oh, yeah. I just think this movie's straight up amazing. See, yeah. I can't. I wish I was 100% in on it. Uh-huh. And I don't feel like an active um, sort of resistance to it. But it's like I love the structural game of apparently Ang Lee pitched it to Jeffrey Wright as this is a movie about an emerging character. Okay. Both in terms of the narrative, the character emerges, and this character emerging into his own. Could be a prequel to like a Django Unchained sort of thing. It, it feels like, right. It's so much more melancholy. Right, but right, yes. right. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of like someone who's going to go south and, you know, quote unquote, take sure. revenge. Right. I mean, what you're saying about it is like, this is a film in which part of what makes it interesting and unique is more about what it isn't doing than what right. it it's is does. And that's right. always sort right. of a harder film to then like truly grasp in a way. And it's yeah. pointedly 
not focusing on the most interesting character in the film for the majority of the film to make a point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like both effective and frustrating. But it's also like a movie about like how the war changed this country. Yes. For the worse in a lot of ways. Yep. And, you know, for the better, obviously, in a lot of ways. Yeah, everything's terrible. And, and how it left a lot of people sort of like with no future, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't think it could have been like an HBO miniseries kind of no. thing because no. you wouldn't have a film in which, or a TV series like where the Jeffrey Wright character ends. Uh, now he's the most important character going on to season two or whatever. No, it I has it, to be this weird yeah, film. I think two and it ends in thing. just the right place. Yeah. I, I, I buy more into the film the further it goes on. Yeah. And perhaps it's a movie the more I sit with it or if I ever see it again will we'll play differently for me. Um, but I liked it. Um, so it is number 56 in Box Office Mojo's pop star debuts Jeez. category. Okay, number one. Can you one, guess number one? The Bodyguard? Uh, Austin Powers and Goldmember. Oh, that makes sense. I don't think, yeah, The Bodyguard's number three. Okay. Dunkirk is number two. Mm. Harry Styles. I, I still guess. have no idea who he is in that movie. But He's in I, it. I don't know what Harry Styles looks like, and he they all fuck. look the exact same, so. Yeah. He's got good hair. Uh, this movie opened. Styles. This movie opened number fifty uh, on November twenty sixth, nineteen hundred ninety nine. A weekend to in which sixty four thousand dollars on eleven screens. And I know so it's not great. I know it's number one at the box office. Yeah, go ahead. Toy Story two. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story two, which has expanded in infamy. Yeah, uh, it's in its second weekend. It has made eighty million dollars, which is very impressive. Yeah. So good for Toy Story 2. Great for Toy Story 2. Sure. Your favorite movie. At the time, that was like kind of the one of the biggest opening weekends ever. I mean, it was a five-day. Uh, sure, right. But it, it, it blew yeah. the doors off. <laughs> Hollywood. Number two. This is We're playing the box office, Kevin yep. Peter. Uh, number two is uh, a Bond movie. I don't know. The world Figure is not enough. There you go. Yeah. Is that the one where um, Christmas in Turkey? That's Never right. had Christmas in Turkey. Yes, I Denise thought yeah. Richards. Christmas came early this year. Christmas yeah. Jones, is that her name? Yes, yeah. Dr. Christmas Jones. She's a nuclear Christmas scientist. came early. Get uh, out of here. Yeah. Arrest that movie. Bra- that's also the one where uh, M watches Bond fuck Christmas on Ugh. a heat cam. Where like she's like, you know, you know, Q is like, this is a heat camera. We can look at the heat signatures. And then like. There's like, what's that reading over there? And then you see uh, them boning down. You know, I was just remembering with a few people the other week that like there was the Madonna video for Die Another Day, which features her being tortured in a North Korean prison. (laughs) Yes. Like that was a object of media that like historians will be looking There's at also sure, a scene years in now. the movie in which she fences Bond because contractually she wouldn't do the song unless she was allowed to fight Bond in the movie. Yeah, she plays, yeah, she's got some puns, I think, as well. Mm. And movies, God. The World's Not Enough is better than Die Another Day. Uh, it's got Robert Carlyle uh, in it. He's the villain. He's is got like a the bullet fight in his at the head. Russian sub at yeah, the Yeah, Russian yeah. sub. It's like, uh, it's like the first half is the Sophie Marceau stuff. Right. And she's kind of the real villain. I've yeah. never seen that one. Oh, it's weird. That. It's yeah. not very good, but it has this like edge of darkness to it where Brosnan shoots Sophie Marceau in cold blood. Okay. And you're kind of like, whoa. Uh, Who directed it? Uh, Michael Apted, I think? No, I think he did Tomorrow Never Dies. No, no, it's no, Michael Apted. Ro- yeah. Ro- Roger Spottiswood. Really? Whatever did Tomorrow Never Dies. Roger Spottiswood. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number three is... Uh, Toy um, Story 2. No. Number three is a, a The first movie, movie to be number one and number three at the box office. <laughs> from Hell? Weekend. Not From Hell. 
It's a hell movie? Yeah, it's like an apocalyptic hell demon oh, movie. Oh, 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 End of Days? End of Days. Oh. Thank you. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Gabriel Byrne? Yeah. It's a Peter Hyams movie, the yeah, director of good. Running Scared. Running Scared. Uh, which we covered Father on this podcast. Father of Joe Himes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he shot it like he likes to shoot his movies. I think so. Uh, let's find out. I'm not going to rest until I know that information. Come on, Wi-Fi. You can do it. Maybe yes, he did. Okay. He shot it. Number four at the box office. Yeah, okay, fine. It's, it's uh, Toy Story 2. No, it's a movie. Hmm. How do you describe this movie? Uh, it's based on a famous American short story. Like a Toy Story? No. Is it the second Toy Story? No. Be quiet. Be quiet? Uh, it was no, a big you, hit. Well. It's like a gothic horror movie. Period Sleepy piece. Hollow? Sleepy Hollow. Uh-huh. In its second weekend, $18 million. Like, big hit. Big hit. Yeah. Tim Burton. $100 million R-rated picture. Yeah, Johnny that was, Depp. That was Johnny Depp's first $100 million movie. Yeah, it was which like is weird to think about. the emergence of him. Uh, he had yeah. not had a, a full stop blockbuster up until that point. Uh, and then number five is a movie I think we just discussed, or it might have been on a future episode because I can't remember how the chronology lines up. Uh, it's the first film in a long series of animated films. 1999. We, ju- we were discussing this the other day. Uh, On mic? Yeah, I think so. So we were discussing one of the later entries? Yeah, number three, I think. How many are there in total? It's like so many, but only three got American releases. Oh, it is... Pokemon, the first movie. Yes. Can you tell me how much? Can you tell me how much that made in America? Eighty six. Eighty five. That was my birthday movie that year. All my buddies went to go watch Pokemon, the first movie in theaters for my birthday. Did you have a good time? I think so. I saw it. Our better better one was um, when we pulled out the VHS of Swordfish, though. uh, The next year, for for various reasons. Yep. Two reasons uh, in particular. Two, I, got, I got those two reasons yeah. for you. Hugh and Jackman. Two reasons why. Other movies, you got The Bone Collector, which apparently there was some bone collecting going on with you guys. Okay, stop it! Uh, you got Dogma, Kevin Smith's uh, anarchic, biblical which, action boy, movie. Which, boy, could 11-year-old Griffin tell you how smart that movie oh, boy. was? Could 11-year-old Griffin be more wrong? <laughs> boy, could 29-year-old Griffin beat the shit out of 11-year-old Griffin? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Even sick Griffin? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we've got The Insider. We've got Being John Malkovich. we got The Sixth Sense, American Beauty, the big uh, movies of 99. And all the way down at number 50... Right above Extreme in IMAX, which is in its 35th week. Jeez. And right below the the wonderful American movie, the documentary. What is uh, doing yeah. the Oscars this year? Like, it's American Beauty. American but like- Beauty, Sixth Sense, Green Mile. Uh, what else is in there? 99, Insider. Insider. Okay. Being John uh, Malkovich gets on it for director. Yeah, what's oh, uh, 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 the Cider House Rules? Yeah. Like, it's like kind of a great year for American movies, but almost none of them it's actually get the, the Oscars. Yeah. But I'm wondering, like, what is, I mean... You you look at this and you say like I get I get why people who watched the film were not maybe the most excited about it, but you don't know why did the audiences just like not show. I think it's some mix of like the reviews weren't strong right. enough, and well, this was, like, the, the subject matter is run. so naughty and confusing. Yes. It's about yeah. like these like ostensibly villainous people. Uh-huh. And it's not a movie that really varnishes that. So it's sort of like, it is kind of about these villainous people. But this was also the two-year run of like USA films. Yeah, it was a USA film, which of course will turn into focus features. Right, and they had some success, but they were better at edgy than they were at prestige. Right, because they had traffic the next year. Being John Malkovich did well for them. 
Uh, Gosford Park is kind of the outlier, but yeah, it was I mean, all the question men. is who's this being sold to? You know, who's your audience? I don't here? think they knew how to sell it. Because you got this young, yeah. cute cast, but you're, you know, I don't think the teens are going to come out for no. Civil War movie. No, and Jewel was like a big star, but she also wasn't someone who had like a rabid fan base. Like she didn't have believers. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have jewelers. I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. Julie's. Julie's. Anyway, uh, it didn't work out for it. Juice? They platform Maybe it. they called them Jews. Yeah, they called them Jews. Uh, they platform it. it. Yeah, as you said, its biggest release was uh, 60 screens. Yeah. It, I mean, that's it's an insane gross. Yeah. And what's crazy is you go like, man, imagine someone like Ang Lee having a film at that budget level that makes less than a million dollars, and then he does it again later in this miniseries. You know what yeah. they should have done because of Jewel being in the movie is what? they should have uh, had it at a bunch of drive throughs Sure. You know, car. She li- yeah. The car lived in one. What they should have done actually, Ben. <laughs> it's amazing that we've already talked about Jewel on this podcast. Ben, Ben, rather than uh, show the Jewel movie. bit. <laughs> show, rather than show the movie at drive throughs they should mm. have taken a screen from car to car. The cars should have stayed parked. Right. And they moved the screen over to where those. Do you have anything you want to add, Peter? Cars were parked. You lived in a van down by the river. Because we're all done. No, I mean, I I think I've gotten all my points. You know, I guess by the time this film's getting released, they've already shot Crouching Tiger. Yes. Yes. Because that was a long shoot. So they might know that, like, okay, at least when this doesn't work. Well, I mean, Crouching Tiger is still like the. How the hell does that film make 100 million? Right, exactly. I don't think they're thinking, like, like, luckily we have our bankable Chow Yun fat period martial arts movie coming. Yeah. No, I think his thought is maybe, well, if I get, like, ran out of the West, I can go back to making films in the East. I think that's maybe his line of thinking. I don't think he thinks that. Crouching Tiger is going to rehabilitate yeah. his standing in the American. Box I mean, office. his his arc from here, like Crouching Tiger, Hulk is down from that. You know, yeah. Brokeback is a hit, and then yeah. Lost Caution. Like it's like the weirdest yeah. chart. Yeah. I'll repeat this. James Seamus tells us if you listen to the outtake at the end of the Cinephilex, please. But, um, you know, so they pitch. So, um, James Seamus is where you know they've pitched uh, uh, the Hulk to Universal, mm-hmm. and they're totally like the idea of fifties monster movie, right? Yeah. That we're going to just go back and do like Invisible Man, essentially right. all yes, over yes. with all this Freudian stuff, and they're totally into it. And James Seamus goes to go see his buddy Toby in Spider Man opening weekend. Oh yeah, opening weekend goes to the theater, gets out, calls Ang, and says, "We're totally fucked. <laughs> we are." fucked royally with what we're doing with this movie but we can't stop it's a genre now and they have yeah. expectations of what it's gonna be right you can't do like a, a weird metaphorical take on a superhero movie you just need to do a superhero movie just seen a movie. movie in May 2002 end with Spider-Man on a flagpole next to the American yep. flag right as Chad Kroger's hero started playing <laughs> yeah. and America wow. was like yeah! and he was like huh and Hulk's gonna be basically perceived as the follow up to this right. like yep. great Right. Yeah. And it's a movie about how fathers ruin their children. <laughs> Good movie. We're going to talk movie. about American it. American yeah. Masterpiece. Peter, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes. Oh, it's absolutely a pleasure. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. Uh, yes. Cinephiliacs. People should check it out. Um, and look for my book on the history of entertainment law in about like five to seven years. Hell's Fantastic. I'm, I'm on the work on it. It's yes. going to be great. Yeah. You're going to rethink the new Hollywood. It's all, it's a kind of about oh, the birth of blank checks. Hey. It could also help me figure out how to negotiate my contracts better because I need oh to be boy, making more than $5 a basement show. <laughs> Always get the gross, never the net. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the deal. Well, folks, thank you all for listening. Uh, next week is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? Uh, with David Ehrlich. David Ehrlich. David Ehrlich. Yeah. Um, tell David hello for me. Uh, we, well, well, we'll we will travel in back the past. in time and tell him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, your future. 
Future Past, Days of Future Past. Yes, exactly. and he's also coming back for a Days of Future Past. We're doing a Brian Singer miniseries. It feels like the right time. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. I should mention we're doing Toback before Singer. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Uh, uh, thanks to Andrew. It'll Gudo. be our most Tobacco miniseries. Our most Tobacco miniseries. Uh, Andrew Gudo for our social media. Lane Montgomery and Joe Bowen. And uh, as always. Or are we? Yeah. Let's go to blankies.com for some real nerdy shit. And as always, skeet, skeet, skeet. Great. All right. All right. All right. <laughs>